definitely damp, right? Yeah, and damp and the soggy and the, the fat wouldn't go crispy and... Leathery, like leathery, like greasy leather. Greasy leather. Welcome to the podcast at Dawn's House, because what the world needs most right now is a podcast about the Babysitter's Club. I'm Esther. I'm Karen. And I'm Aoife. And today we're talking about Babysitter's Club book number 34, Marianne and Too Many Boys. Which is not that many boys. I'm <laughs> underwhelmed by the amount of boys in this book. I'm just going to put that, get that out of the way now. No, it's, it's, it's true. There's a lot of boys in all forms of media, um, as we have previously discussed. But this one, yeah, maybe... Um, I mean, there are several boys, I guess. There, there are there's some boys, but like I was expecting a deluge of boys, and there just isn't. <laughs> it's Mariana, like a slight excess of boys. You kind of sound like a disappointed Claudia and or Stacy there. I kind of feel like a disappointed Claudia and or Stacy. <laughs> like I was expecting more boys. Uh... I, yeah, I was. Claudia would would be equally disgusted with the title of this book versus the amount of boys. Needless to say, I had not read this previously uh, because I had unrealistic expectations vis-a-vis boys. Did either of you guys read it? Nope. I don't think so. There's one line that struck me as vaguely familiar involving a string bikini, but actually I think it must be just because there was a string bikini discussed elsewhere. Yeah, I think I remember not thinking a couple of things were somewhat familiar, but then, yeah, exactly. The actual plot of the book did not ring any bells at all. And I probably wouldn't have picked this one up because I was not interested in the boys' books. No, I would like, have been astonished if you had read this back in the day because, yeah, it's it's so patently a boys' one. Yeah. And I know you hate the boys' ones. I'd, I'd have had to be real, real bored. And, you know, for that house to have had no woman's way or reader's digests in it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, I don't think I read this. Um, it did feel a bit of a retread of book number eight, which I presume is because it's the same holiday, but a year later, although they're the same age, which don't think about it too hard. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think they're n- not. I think some of the Pike kids have aged a year, but the babysitters themselves have not. Okay. I thought, because I actually thought about this as I was reading it, I thought that the um the age freeze happened after the club took on the two junior members and okay. Mallory was a babysit e not a babysit er last time yes that's true okay yeah yeah, yeah. maybe they they were allowed to turn 13 and that was it boom <laughs> yeah pretty much i think though by book 8 the girls were all already 13 Oh, they might well have been. Oh, maybe I got that wrong, yeah. And now they're still 13. It's just that some of the Pikes hadn't reached their final ages yet, and now they have. Oh, it, okay. It's, it's fine. I mean, I, I don't ever try to make it make sense, because no. it doesn't. And <laughs> it's okay. It's like comic books, okay? just You yeah. just gotta roll with it. You just have to kind of let it wash over you. I mean, I, I know that, um, but it just, it was a very deja vu kind of Yeah. Experience. I mean, this basically is book eight. But again... But yeah, partly it's like, oh, that's the conceit of the book, but also you still have to do something new, and that did not happen. I mean, there's no lifeguards in this one. That's true. There's also no storyline in this one. Yeah, that's a twist. That's an innovation. I mean, 
You know? Yep. I don't, I don't need detailed plots, but woof. What is the name of the ghostwriter that we're going to be complaining about extensively tonight? Mary Lou something or other, isn't it? Kennedy, I believe. Yeah, Mary Lou Kennedy is the author of this book and Dawn and the Older Boy and literally no other Babysitter's Club books. Yeah, and funny that. We, uh, we can see why Scholastic went that way with it. <laughs> yeah. As Esther said, there's too many boys and too many boys. <laughs> And this one was too many boys. <laughs> and I can see how she was like, okay, cool. You want me to do um, ghostwriting again? I have another an idea for another book, which is going to be about a boy. <laughs> yeah. Maybe when we get to Dawn and the Older Boy, we'll find that there actually isn't an older boy. There's just like a third of a boy <laughs> or something. <laughs> or maybe he's not that old. He's like f- just turned 14. <laughs> <laughs> That would be probably wholesomer than what we were all picturing. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would be as underwhelming as this book. Um, I want to talk covers very briefly. <gasps> Hodges Swallow has done a fun beach cover. It's got lots of teens and kids on the beach having fun. It's exactly the cover you want for a book like this. The UK artist has not done that. Oh, God, no. <laughs> I've just spotted a background detail, which I absolutely love which is that the couple in the front are standing on presumably what's the boardwalk um and perched in the background is some kind of large seabird that i mean it it should be a seagull but it looks like a heron and it's eyeing them balefully (laughs) is it a cormorant or a pelican it's really hard to tell i think it's a pelican i think a cormorant would be black gray it's a dark it's a medium gray and why is there a pelican (laughs) <laughs> because otherwise, how would you know they were at the beach? Uh, what? A seagull. A normal-ass seagull. There's no other way to show characters are at the beach aside from show a weirdly contorted seabird. You definitely couldn't just draw people hanging out at the beach with a beach ball and a picnic blanket. No, that would be far beyond the ability and scope of this artist. The The boardwalk has been competently done. You could just about work out that that's what it was if you had read the book and knew it featured a boardwalk, which is about as good as it gets. But there is no need (laughs) for the uh, large predatory bird. (laughs) No, there really isn't. (laughs) Esther, when you were um, at the seaside endoscopy pavilion, did you notice a lot of pelicans around? (laughs) I can't say that I did, no. (laughs) Maybe I was too busy being distracted by the seaside endoscopy pavilion. It was very attention grabbing. By the way, um, if anyone's listening to this and for some reason hasn't listened to our episode eight um, you should probably listen to that because there's going to be a few yeah. callbacks, I think. <laughs> yeah. Suffice it to say, my childhood holidays on the Delaware shore were, um, I'm not going to say traumatized, but that it left an impression on me. There was a local business called the Seaside Endoscopy Pavilion, which was exactly what it sounded like. And I have a lot of questions and we never got any answers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that sums it up. And I had sort of forgotten about the existence of the Seaside Endoscopy Pavilion and my mind is freshly blown. So that's nice. <laughs> Never forget about the Seaside Endoscopy Pavilion. It is with us always in our hearts. I mean, it ought to be. I mean, what else do you want to do when you're by the sea? <laughs> so Marianne in this picture, right? I will say for the GCSE artist, um, they consistently make Marianne look like this person who is mm-hmm. really just not been she, she's not been lucky in the the looks 
department. Uh-huh. No. <laughs> Not to be too, like, mean about it, but, like... I think in this one, she would look a lot better and less gormless if her mouth wasn't hanging open for no reason. <laughs> they consistently do that. The last Marianne book had her mouth hanging open the same way. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, all her teeth jutting out. I guess the model is just a mouth breather, but... I mean, assuming that there's a model is quite, like... I have to assume there's a model. I don't think this person could possibly have... Um, <laughs> Come up with it. <laughs> ...painted the same face more than once without something to go off. <laughs> the thing that makes me more concerned is that um, <laughs> the, there may have been a model for Mallory the Mole person... <laughs> In the winter. Oh, God. The winter holiday one. And that's an alarming thought. That was this poor artist who really struggles to draw people, had to draw all of the Babysitter's Club and presumably just ran out of time on Mallory and went, Bleh, and <laughs> Hedgehog woman, it's fine. I think that as the model for the boy, um, they're both very 50s looking, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. I think she's using a... a um, What's a oh god? I think I think she's using Chachi from Happy Days. <laughs> um, yeah, I think this is like a young Scott Bayo, genuinely. Oh, he does look like Scott Bayo. They weren't paying a young Scott Bayo. Oh no, they were using they the, the magazine photo picture. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> he was on the cover of Teen Beat or something. <laughs> yeah, what this looks like to me is the cover of a story about like. A girl in wartime who's evacuated from New York to a small seaside town and has low stakes romantic entanglements with a boy who eventually like goes away to war or something. Like they, her outfit, his outfit, their stern uncompromising expressions, his military haircut. (laughs) None of this says like any of this takes place post 1955. It's horrible weather too. It feels like wartime drama. Um, this does not say this is a fun novel about tweens at the beach. No, it really doesn't. I, I do think the weather can be put down to this person is in Britain, though. They've forgotten that skies can be blue. That's true. <laughs> and I mean, even in the book, they only have good weather about half the time. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably the most realistic and relatable aspect of the book. Yeah, this cover is off-putting. This does not... I do not want to read a book with this cover. <laughs> no, no. It makes the book look like it's going to be grim. And it is, but not in the ways that the cover suggests. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing grim about the storyline or the happenings in the book. It's just, you know, badly written. Her experience wasn't pleasant, but that's uh, the characters is relatively <laughs> benign. Yes. I, I don't know if it's just being like 30 books in um, or something, but like, I feel like I have less patience with these books than I did at the start. I feel like the warm glow of nostalgia has worn off and now um, I mean we do spend a lot of time nitpicking but I just want to go through and be like this is bad. No I think I think the quality is is much lower. Um, yeah. yeah. Like it, the the first remember when we were rereading the first few and we, were, and we kept being surprised at how good they were it's because yeah. we were remembering these like this stage of it where the quality was not that high or you'd occasionally get mm. a good one and be so happy. Yeah, I do remember there were a few good ones coming up, um, but yeah. they're, they're quite a ways down. At least one of them is ghostwritten for sure. Um, oh, so yeah. I think from here on out, they're almost all going to be ghostwritten. Yeah, which we understand. And I think, yeah, the, the quality varies a lot depending on the ghostwriter. So yeah, that, that'll be a roller coaster. <laughs> I guess we will we will recap the book. I don't think the recap will take an awful lot of time because there's not a lot of plot. Uh oh. <laughs> like a one sentence recap? 
Yeah, go on. Book eight again, but there's no lifeguard. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yep, that's it. <sighs> so if you weren't here for book eight, Marianne and Stacey are going to Sea City with the Pikes um, for a week and having to do Pike stuff. And there are, I feel, a decent quantity of boys. The other two don't believe there are enough boys. Well, I mean, I, I think I think that the too many boys is is very much a you know perspective of the characters. Too many boys for Marianne's tastes. Yeah, I know. I was just expecting a more hijinkish number. That is, fair. <laughs> it was not very hijinkish. Yeah, too many boys suggests like I want a restoration farce where there's like boys coming in one door and running out the other, and Marianne <laughs> is like switching outfits so that they can't tell she's been on three dates tonight. <laughs> Okay, yeah, that would be great. <laughs> yeah, see? that That's that's the book that I had in my head and that is not the book we got. This is not. There are some quite repetitive boy escapades as well. Mm-hmm. True. Yes. We don't have a full range of boy things happening. It's mostly just like light romance. Plus, <laughs> yes. the, the boys appear literally halfway through the book. Mm. They make us wait so long for these boys. <laughs> I kept waiting for the boys to turn up. Oh my god. Okay, let's let's recap this thing hastily. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> and get on with grousing. All right, chapter 1, they're hanging out in Claudia's uh bedroom. They're having a meeting. Um we get a very hasty introduction to the characters. Oh, this was so badly done. Like yep. just it, it was it was just kind of dipping in and out of the traditional chapter two descriptions yeah. um, at kind of random. Uh, and it just like, that's boring anyway, but it was so boring this time yes. around. And also full of non secretors. Like it's the a mix of stuff. Yeah. I think instead of having all of the, I'm going to stand here holding a casserole for 15 minutes while I think about my friends yeah. uh, <laughs> in its own chapter that you could skip, they tried to blend it with the like ongoing business of, the babysitters club beating and what they're doing and what it ends up happening is that you're having to skip three quarters of every page which is yeah. really hard to do mm-hmm. yeah there'll be like one sentence about what somebody's summer plans are and then like a paragraph about their biography and their parents divorce oh yeah. i should tell you about this yeah, yeah. like no you shouldn't oh. <laughs> <laughs> please don't <laughs> um i i did highlight the description of um, Logan as he looks just like Cam Geary and he has a smooth southern accent and a voice that makes me think of warm molasses. So like it's real sticky and hard to scrub off your kitchen counter and gets everywhere. Yeah, it's meant that's meant to be nice, but it's actually not. Like no. how much experience have you had with molasses, which is a very retro ingredient these days it's a very frustrating ingredient like i like things that have molasses in them but when i get the recipe out and it says there's molasses i'm like that's gonna be half my afternoon cleaning that up yeah i mean i can only assume that the the ghostwriter also writes romance novels and i bet they're not very good his voice and his accent are apparently two different things but but okay um something i notice and i don't know if this is like Proof, uh, ghostwriter territory. Um, but uh, very briefly, she mentions um, that the record book uh, includes how much each of us earns at each job, and along with the rates our clients pay. I was like, "Are you? Are is there some price discrimination happening in the in the Babysitter Club?" Like, so it would make sense if like you're charging more per child, which is fine. But like, 
Exactly. I'm guessing some of the parents are just cheapskates and the different parents set their own rates. I thought there was a standard rate. You can't, I don't, I can't see Christy standing for that. No, I don't think Christy would be okay with that. No, I reckon it's just more like, well, this was, they, they were looking after four kids. So it was X dollars an hour versus Charlotte Johansson, mm. you know. Yeah. You know. Oh, maybe they give discounts. Ooh. Maybe they mm. charge. <laughs> Jenny Preziosi surcharge. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. I, that's fair. That's a... <laughs> Yeah, I can. There's a if there's an element of danger, money. I'm okay. Yeah, like the the Jackie Radowski top up for per incident. Exactly, <laughs> it costs you an extra dollar fifty if you have to extricate him from a drain. There's a pratfall surcharge. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I will give one grudging note of praise to the author mm-hmm. for not doing the dramatic reveal that Jesse is black. Yeah. Yes. They did not go, something you need to know about Jessie is that she is black. They just said, Jessie is a really neat black girl who moved to Stony Brook from Oakley, New Jersey. This is the most chill anyone has been about introducing Jessie and the fact that she's yeah. black. And I salute the ghostwriter for that. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's some good work. Yep. No, that is... <laughs> that's the, the only good work. That is the <laughs> first time this, this book series has been mature enough to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will say she has... <laughs> Possibly seen the many, many occasions on which Claudia um, has mm-hmm. been de- described as exotic and was like, mm-hmm. that word isn't going to fly. She's the most dramatic looking person in the club. Which is also a better description of Claudia. It's it's a good description of her style, but it, yeah. it goes straight into, she's the most dramatic looking person in the club. She's Japanese American and has long black hair and almond shaped eyes. It's like, suddenly, Japan! <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Japanese people look a whole range of ways and like dramatic unless they're actually kind of putting on a show or something. <laughs> Just It's not an intrinsic feature of being Japanese. It, yeah, if they had made it clear that it was about her, the way she dresses, that would be totally fine. But the, for, the way the sentences are ordered really makes it sound like she's dramatic because of her ethnicity. Yes. Um, and it sounds a bit like she found and replaced exotic... <laughs> Like, it's not like she thought this through. The, the fashion sense isn't even discussed for another while, so it's not to do with that. That's actually true. I was skimming this bit. So yeah, we we give points for the Jesse description and we immediately take them away for the Claudia description. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> we also, I think this is the first time we get told that Stony Brook is on the coast, but mm. it isn't a beach town, so it doesn't count. And that's why everyone has to go on beach holidays. I feel like this yeah. came up once before, although I can't remember where, because we briefly mentioned... Wasn't there a super special where they all went sailing or something? There was, and we we talked about this before, but yeah. it was like, it was briefly, they mentioned, oh, it's on the water. Okay. Um, but like, yeah, nobody ever goes there except for that one... Um, there's, they're they're going to get stranded on an island, so we have to bear in mind that there is water nearby. It really annoys me, though, because like if you live in a small town and it's on the coast, like even if it's not on a beach, like the coast is a very prominent part of living in that small town. Yeah, like there's cliffs that people walk on. There's like there's just. The sea is there in your life. It's important. You mention it. It's a landmark. There's seafood restaurants. Yeah, you don't just constantly ignore it. And then, like, 
once every 30 books be like, oh yeah, this town is on the coast. You know when you're in a coastal town. Yes. Even if it's not on a beach. Being on a beach is completely irrelevant to this. There should be a jetty or a wharf or a pier or something like, what the hell? <laughs> I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. This is a little eastern seaboard um, New England town. So therefore it is possible that we are in HP Lovecraft territory and maybe nobody mentions the sea for a reason. <laughs> Intriguing head I'm just there. saying. <laughs> Intriguing. It wouldn't be the first time things have got Lovecrafty in these books, so mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> it's on the coast, but we don't talk about the coast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We just look inland. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. If we want to go to the beach, we go to Sea City, where we can go to trampoline land and buy hot dogs and eat in the ice cream parlor because none of those things are available in our hometown. (laughs) Yes, you have to go to Sea City for fried food. (laughs) So yeah... There's a very jumbled description of what, who's in the club and what the club does and what everyone's vacation plans are. And then Marianne almost cries because they're going to be apart for two weeks and thankfully gets a hold of herself. <laughs> That's that chapter. Then they pack to go away. Dawn is going to California to visit her dad. Uh, Marianne is going to Sea City. Uh, they pack lots of beach stuff. Marianne gives us some exposition about how her dad married Dawn's mom. Um, Sharon is comedy disorganized. Dawn has become the messy sibling. Yep. This frustrates me so much. Like, yep. Dawn is canonically established as a neat freak. Um, yeah. And yet she's, like, wrecked her own gaff, which is not important because she's not going to be in it and neither is Marianne for, like, a week. So who cares? Why are we... Why? <laughs> why are being told this? None of this matters. I can sort of get that even Dawn as a neat person creates a little chaos when she's mid-packing. You know, we all have that, it gets worse before it gets better, period. But yeah, it's such a weird thing to emphasise because Dawn's so tidy. Yeah. (sighs) Then there's some health food banter. Sharon threatens to make tofu for dessert. Whatever. They take Dawn to the airport. Dawn goes away. Marianne cries again. Dawn is dressed for travelling, which meant she was wearing a beautiful Laura Ashley dress and had swept her long blonde hair back in pearl barrettes. Totally what I wear for a flight. Mm -hmm. It's also totally not what Dawn wears for a flight. Dawn only wears clothes that are comfortable. Why would you dress up for, like, an economy class? (laughs) Like, three hours where you're going to visit your dad. I I think there are some people who like to glam up for flying but like we've never been given any suggestion that dawn was one of those people before yeah i mean i i guess i have to imagine that the dress is one of those sort of like just extremely comfy like a big baggy hippie dress yeah like you know you're i think laura ashley is preppy i think that's marianne territory yeah laura ashley is marianne but it was that though there were those kind of floral prints and stuff that were big in the early 90s and if you think about it they could have been just sort of like grungily comfy she was probably wearing it with boots you know like a cottagecore nap dress like an instagram dress this combination of laura ashley dress and pearl barrettes is yeah that's the kind of thing what that you would wear to like your your little cousin's uh first holy communion yeah no that's true (laughs) yeah yeah the pearl barrettes are nonsensical it this has to have like a white lace collar okay (laughs) Just, Definitely. Yeah. I, I I want her to be if it was like a, a hippie patchwork dress, then even with the pearl barrettes I would I would see it. But this is like Donna's yeah. hoping to be upgraded. <laughs> Maybe that's it. That's it. Ugh. 
Um, anyway, they get rid of Dawn. Um, Marianne goes home and thinks about Dawn going to California and herself going to Sea City for a couple of filler paragraphs. Um, <laughs> then she says a tearful goodbye to her cat. Um, and finally they go. <laughs> that was chapter two. Uh. We then get, um, what was the, car- the term Karen coined a while back? The, the usual Pike bullshit. Yeah, I don't even know if I coined that. It just feels like a, a description anyone could have come up with after reading 30 of these books. That's true. We have Vanessa aggressively rhyming in the car. Uh, we have the Pikes uh, performatively refusing to tell Vanessa to stop rhyming because they don't believe in rules, man. Except for the, all those rules that they have. Except for all the rules that they have. But Vanessa is allowed rhyme endlessly with impunity. Uh, we have the triplets trolling Nicky um, by, like, fandom shaming him. Yes. He's got a new Batman t-shirt that he's obsessed with. And he's riding in the other car with Mr. Pike. So they make a big sign that says Batman has a bird brain. And they wave it at Nicky every time their cars pull up together. And Nicky, like spectacularly takes the bait and becomes incandescent with rage which like I was kind of amused by because like this is such pathetic trolling this is absolute like terrible low effort trolling and he completely fell for it and and that's kind of his own fault yeah I just I I just feel like the pikes are gonna have a problem in a year or two (laughs) Um, the pikes have a problem now yes um but like Maybe they should, I don't know, attempt a slight amount of discipline for these three fucking awful prepubescent boys. <laughs> God, Karen, you're so mainstream with your rules. I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> trying to raise adequate male members of the human species. <laughs> don't ruin everything for all the people around them. God, you're so suburban. I mean- they only have rules about important things, not about bullying your younger siblings who you outnumber. Yeah, that's just healthy competition. It builds character. They're a bit libertarian. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's the word. Oh no, are the Pikes into crypto now? <laughs> well, the Pike boys sure are. <laughs> yeah, probably. Oh my god, They're de- they definitely have created their own coin. It's called, like, Trip Coin. <laughs> and it's flagging horribly as we speak. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, we we established that Nikki got out and became like a hard bitten journalist. I think. <laughs> yeah. Don't know about the rest of them. I love that from either that or he let the whole thing embitter him, and now he's like a, a chan incel. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> he could be a bitter journalist. That's okay. I would prefer him to be a bitter journalist. Yeah, definitely. I think that would be better. Much rather for society. Um. Then they pull over for ice cream. And Marianne reflects that she used to feel guilty about eating ice cream and candy in front of Stacy, but Stacy handles her diabetes so well that Marianne hardly has to think about it anymore. Ooh, and I have to kind of stop so for a minute and catch my breath at the, the <laughs> breathtaking narcissism of that whole sentence. Well, it's there's I think there's a term for this particular thing um and I can't remember what it is ex- especially but it's like oh my god you're you're such a good person with a disability i don't have to worry about it at all yeah you don't inconvenience me at all it's great (laughs) you're one of the good ones (laughs) you've adapted so well to like you know mainstream able-bodied society that i don't have to worry about you kudos for for that i'm gonna just eat a giant ice cream here and like 
ignore your feelings. Yeah. I mean, it could be that, like, Stacey doesn't actually mind that much, but this is real more about Marianne's feelings. Yeah, yeah that is not actually what Marianne is saying. Marianne <laughs> has no interest in what's going on inside Stacey's head at this point. Marianne mm. is like, Stacey makes me feel comfortable. <laughs> I don't need to think about Stacey's diabetes. Stacy has to the only one who needs to think about Stacy's diabetes, and that's the way I like it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. God, Marianne. Then there's like the most low stakes drama ever, where Claire Pike goes missing for like a page, and they run around panicking, and then it turns out she went back inside the ice cream place because her ice cream leaked out the bottom of the cone, and she went to get a refill. And everything is fine. And then you think, this is foreshadowing. This is set up for some high stakes kid going missing later on. And there'll be actual drama and peril. And it'll be like the ending of My Neighbor Totoro. And someone's going to have to run all the way around Sea City for hours and hours and hours while your heart's in your mouth. And no, it isn't. This is never referred to again. Nobody gets rescued by the cat bus. No, there's no cat bus. Also, this happened in the last book. There's another, (laughs) like failure to pay off incident in which like Claire Pike is very briefly endangered and then isn't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is so disappointing. I I was wondering if um the ghostwriter I keep thinking proofreader but it's not proofreader at all uh, had been sent out to incorporate some babysitting life lessons if like Anne M had like given her the synopsis and been like oh god yeah I just I need I need them to learn something can you like put something useful in here because there are bits in this where it's like Claire is only five, and at that age, it's really not okay for them to be out of people's sight at any point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is pretty true if you're, like, at a truck stop. <laughs> I mean, that's fine, but you also have to put in some compelling plot, because yeah. no one's going to remember no. this life lesson. I actually think that what happened here was this person just could not think of anything to happen in this fucking book, and therefore <laughs> just put random things into it. Like, there are some delightful babysitting incidents back in Stony Brook, that have nothing to do with the book that are in here as well. They are individually delightful, mm-hmm. but... Yeah. So we've had that before and it's been like, oh, a pleasant B and C plot. But for that to be acceptable, you also have to have an A plot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she forgot the A plot. So they arrive at the holiday house. Um, the kids run around. Um, the Pikes weirdly decide now is the time to have a rule and that nobody is allowed to go do anything until they've like actually unpacked their suitcases which seems deranged to me because like most people just don't properly unpack they just like pull their stuff out of their suitcase as and when they need it Mm -hmm. yeah although i think the pikes have brought like games and toys and kitchen stuff and food and it's more of a like yeah, it's more the parents. Actually, no, because then that's the parents' problem. The kids aren't having been asked to unpack any of the generic family, like, we need this equipment to function in this house stuff. The kids have to unpack their clothes and stuff. Mm. Like, that just seems wildly unnecessary. Like, this? This is what the pipes decide to legislate on? Yeah, weird. Put your underpants in a drawer. Um, put all your clothes in drawers so that you can forget that they're there when you're leaving and leave them and then have, like, half the amount of socks you need for functioning the following week. <laughs> You can prioritize bullying your siblings some more instead. Yeah. Then Stacy and Marianne look out the window at some lifeguards and they reminisce about the events of Book Eight, and they helpfully remind us that they um 
that they met up with two guys called Alex and Toby in book eight. Became kind of quasi-boyfriends. Yes. Mm. Uh, Marianne and Alex had some sort of low-key mild romance and exchanged non-significant rings. But now Marianne is going out with Logan, so uh, things are different. TM. Mm. There is a certain... <laughs> there, There is some exploration of monogamy <laughs> and its significance in... <laughs> Marianne's kind of worldview. <laughs> yeah. It's not very meaningful, but, you know, it's there. <laughs> I mean, that that is the plot of this book, basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Monogamy. Why does it exist? <laughs> it's not as progressive as you think it's going to be. <laughs> Monogamy. We're not going to explore this too deeply. I didn't think it was going to be progressive. That's true. <laughs> They're not. Overall, the whole book series is kind of progressive, but bits of it are there's some two steps forward one steps back kind of parts so yes we get some some handy plot recaps of book eight um and marianne reminds us all that she got terribly sunburned last time so she's going to cover up and try not to get sunburned which Mm -hmm. the ghostwriter is like valiantly trying to play for laughs and in 2022, this is just like sensible beach behavior. Marianne's yeah. on the right side <laughs> like, of history. Captain and a hat. Like, yeah. And she wears sun cream. She has painted her entire nose white, um, which sounds maybe a little bit excessive, possibly because we don't do that specific thing anymore. Yeah. yeah. Uh, with the zinc cream. Unless you're an Australian cricketer. <laughs> but everything else is just like unremarkable, sensible behavior. And everyone's like, lol, Marianne, look at you trying not to get skin cancer. It's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Vanessa is in full-on poet mode and gazing wistfully and writing in a notebook. This is going to happen a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This is set up for the plot, such as it is. She was doing it all the way down in the car and Marianne was finding it contagious. <laughs> Which, yes. That could have been funny, like if Marianne couldn't stop in the house. Um but no, it was it was just um it was a brief thing and then she decided she couldn't find any more rhyming couplets to have yeah. dialogue in. Yeah. So instead we get some more tedious romance. Yay! Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yay. Yeah. yeah, it was lit it's literally like she's she is just kind of playing Pike Bingo here, like you have to have a scene where Vanessa does too many rhyming couplets. Yeah. You have to have a scene where the twi- the teens are mean to Nikki and And you have to have seen where Margaret throws up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Only she doesn't even throw up in this. She just gets nauseous. She almost throws up. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. yeah, doesn't oh, throw up. I, I the one thing I've uh, highlighted in this chapter is at the very end where like Claire wants to know where the sun goes when it goes down. Mm. And for some reason neither Stacy nor Marianne is able to give her an answer. Yes. Yeah. Like I was stumped. Behind a cloud, Stacy suggested, good answer, I said. Like, why would you not be able to answer that? Yeah, just like, we we will shortly find out that they have an incredible number of oranges with them, so just produce a couple of oranges and explain about, like, astronomy to yeah, these kids. like, why, like, A, do they not know in which case what's wrong? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the babysitters are flat earthers. <laughs> and B, if they do know, why can't they just tell Claire? Like, yeah. I think, I feel like this is a far more standard approach now is like, ooh, we're going to talk about astronomy. Um, I don't know. Certainly that's what happens in my house. But like I have, I have space obsessed kids. But even when I was growing up, like if I asked a question, they would either be like, here's why he's age suitable or I don't actually know. We'll go to the library and find a book about that when we get back home. 
Like that was it. I they expected that they would try to they would try to honestly answer my questions. Yeah. Like I don't think that was weird. I have questions about the science curriculum at Stony Brook Middle School. Uh-huh. Yes. And like the the quick answer to that is uh well because the this part of the world is turned away from the sun and in the yeah. morning it'll be turned towards the sun again. That actually you know how the world is a, is a ball shape, right? Claire, cool, cool. Let's go get ice cream. Like, it's around the other side. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure I got told it's around the other side of the earth shining on Australia. Let's go. Yeah. Yes. Boom, done, answered, suitable for a five year old. <laughs> Lads, can I can I tell you um the terrifying conversation that happened on the way home from <laughs> my in-laws please do <laughs> which is um so you know we we recently had a sad loss in our, one of our cats uh has gone over the rainbow bridge i'm sorry eva um but yes that's where that's where she's gone she's over the bridge and it's a rainbow <laughs> eva just made a very good puking face <laughs> it's a rainbow bridge no no other people just just don't tell me my pets have gone over the rainbow bridge i'm okay with other people's pets going over the rainbow bridge so the, the boys have had this explained to them and they've mostly taken it fairly well. But today on the way home, um, Kieran, my seven-year-old, asked, um, I was thinking, and I think the reason that Kaylee died is because all life is going to come to an end soon. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, sweetie, no. <laughs> like, holy crap. And I was like, okay, who's been talking to him about climate change? <laughs> oh, no. Uh, no, it's so it's not even. It turns out that he's so he's he's been watching more astronomy videos, right? And oh no, the heat death of the universe appears to have come up, and I just had to be like, no, I like yes, okay, that's ha- going to happen, but like we don't personally have to worry about that, and also it's not responsible for the death of our cat. <laughs> Did not specifically pick off your cat for starters. <laughs> oh, honey, no. Oh, bless. Um, so I was like, I'm going to have to handle this and Brian is driving with a look of terror <laughs> on his face. Like, we're not equipped to handle this at the moment. So oh, we just had to talk a bit about physics and the universe and space time, which, yeah, is, is kind of a lot. <laughs> Good times. We uh, That's actually the second small child um, de- death of the universe crisis. Um, a friend of mine has a five-year-old who, um, again, similar to just is super into space videos and learning things and has scientist parents. Um, so he was talking about how he was going to go in a spaceship with, when basically the heat at the universe, or possibly it was when the sun expanded and, 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 and burnt up the earth. It might have been what he met rather than the heat at the universe. Yes. <laughs> so he was talking about this um, and him going away in a spaceship and then he said, well, and where will you and daddy be? And his mom went, well, you know, that's going to be a long, long time in the future. Daddy and I might, daddy and I won't be alive anymore. But because he had been thinking he was going to go away in a spaceship, he immediately burst into tears because he was going to miss them because they wouldn't be able to go on the spaceship with him. Oh. <laughs> and yeah, so she sort of then had to like be like, oh no, I've got to backpedal and try to explain the relative timelines here and figure this <laughs> Yeah, honey, it's fine. You'll be dead too. Don't worry. About it. Yeah, exactly. Like, what is what is the most comforting thing to say here? Oh no, <laughs> maybe this is why they're like we can't talk to Claire about astronomy. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it is fraught. <laughs> it it always ends in cosmic horror. <laughs> I mean, like yes, because it it gives us perspective on our place in the universe. 
I mean, I find it very comforting. <laughs> it's, I like thinking about disasters that I have no role in creating or living through or doing anything in relation to. I mean, it is a pleasant change from all the other disasters. So yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> this one's not my fault. <laughs> and I won't have to endure it. <laughs> Winning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, at our age, you take what you can get. Oh my god. So Marianne is writing postcards to Logan that are like hilariously generic. She says that she she has to do multiple rewrites on it to find the right tone (laughs) uh, because she wants Logan to know that she's having the best time ever, but also she'd be having a better time if he was there. But also she's definitely not missing him that much. Uh, which admittedly is a you know it's a fine line to walk. This is though reminding me of the like overall love letter she was writing from uh, the yeah. winter trip. Those were a lot more fun to read about. They were. We have definitely had far more words devoted to Marianne struggling to write letters to Logan than we have had her interacting with him in person. That is extremely true. Yeah. <laughs> Like, because there's also, there's also like a fraught letter situation in the summer camp experience as well. Yes. Which was way more fun than either of the other two options. (laughs) That was the pinnacle of Marianne writing letters. That was genuine fun. No, that was fantastic. That was also the pinnacle of Marianne being fun and like not (gasps) whiny, annoying. And in this one, I'm also convinced is not just a unreliable narrator she is just straight up lying to us about certain things Ooh, <laughs> and that's I'm okay but when we get yeah mm, mm. i don't trust her <laughs> she'd cut a bitch interesting they they go have breakfast um i'm briefly <laughs> horrified by the fact that mallory is making orange juice for 12 people like that is so many oranges you don't get that much juice out of a single orange like the mind boggles at how many oranges she's having to squeeze. See, I barely, I glossed over that, but you're right, it is horrific because I got really stuck on the Vanessa buttered amount of raisin bread, fine, toast, mm-hmm. sorry, while mm-hmm. I microwaved the bacon. <laughs> microwaved the bacon! Oh God, <laughs> I missed that. What the fuck? <laughs> These people are monsters. The, the note I have on this is just what hellish nonsense is this? Her dad is frying pancakes, so okay, you need two frying pans, or you could pick one or the other, Jesus Christ. Or put it in the grill or the oven, like, it's fine. Yes, yeah. I don't even eat bacon and I'm viscerally upset by this. (laughs) I actually cannot imagine what microwave bacon, what the taste and texture will be like, but I I can't imagine that texture, it's probably rubbery. It's definitely damp, right? Yeah, and damp and the soggy and the, the fat wouldn't go crispy and... Leathery, like leathery, like greasy leather. Greasy leather. At one point, Denny or Olhausen or one of the brands of bacon that you get here um, brought out with much fanfare a microwavable thing. And it was definitely, it was specifically made to be, you can throw it in the microwave and then have it. And I know a a friend of ours uh, got very reliant on it, but I don't really like think he was going for a gourmet experience. I think this was more just like, I I love rasher sandwiches and I'm going to eat them every single morning and I don't care. (laughs) Plus, I mean, I'd imagine that this was like probably pre-cooked by Denny at their factory. Yeah. Yeah. It's meant to be microwaved. And they have spent, you know, an awful lot of R&D money on food scientists trying to get this so that it doesn't become disgusting when microwaved. 
Like, microwaving is not natural to do to bacon. Or anything. (laughs) Or anything, but really bacon. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's fine for beans. Yeah, it's fine for loads God intended microwaves to be used for beans. He did not intend them to be used for rashers. End of story. Fair. Also, like, how... 12 people would take quite a lot of bacon, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, you can't fit that much of anything in a microwave in one go. You're going to have to do, like, endless shifts of microwaving, endless amounts of leathery bacon, and then it's all going to be cold by the time it's all ready. <laughs> yeah. just occurs to me that if I, like, wanted to just end our friendship by <laughs> present Esther with a plate of microwaved bacon... <laughs> If I just wanted you to never see me again. <laughs> this is both trafe and a crime against food. We're through. <laughs> yes. That's offensive on two levels. Yes. <laughs> this is this is several hate crimes, Karen. I know. I know. And I'll give you some of the like the really, really bad red wine you had that time down the side. <laughs> oh god. I, I I don't know why I would do this. Maybe if I was like going into the witness protection program and like I wanted you to forget all about me. <laughs> I would never ever forget anyone who did this to me. <laughs> okay, I, I won't. I won't do it then. I'll I'll come up with a different way to signal that our relationship is over. Just tell me that I unfairly copied your hairstyle or something, and be fine. <laughs> You wore hoops and those are my thing. Exactly. Oh my god. So yeah, this is a very upsetting breakfast um, that we all have separate grievances with. <laughs> then we have some casual misogyny from the boys, whatever. <laughs> Actually, the the babysitters put their foot down and make the triplets let Nikki hang out with them for the day, which I like applaud. That is the only other good thing in this book is somebody finally makes the triplets cop themselves on and like treat their brother like a brother. Uh, Mm. I'm sure he has a horrible day because they're probably mean to him all day at the beach, but at least someone made them bring him along. I think they're being supervised by one of the girls anyway, so by one of the babysitters. So that's, you know, she can at least intervene. Hopefully they'll, they have like managed to hang out together amicably on the, um, the cruise god they've gone away on so many holidays <laughs> i wish i had this many holiday trips <laughs> you know um but like yeah they can do it if they like just remember to stop being dicks for half an hour or so yeah. <laughs> which goes against their nature so marianne takes claire and Margot and mallory and vanessa into town and they hit up their favorite spots and <laughs> one of those is the ice cream palace uh can I just before we get there um yeah. talk about the um the Gerber Garden the upsetting which... furry restaurant yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah sorry it's really Burger Garden the place with the crazy burgers Claire never gets the name right it's a fun place to eat you sit on seats that look like mushrooms and the waiters and waitresses dress up like friendly animals who could resist a place where a mouse serves you dinner <laughs> I could <laughs> literally yeah. Esther Esther is who. <laughs> I also probably could resist this, but like, I don't think I'd be haunted by it, but I'd probably just move along to like the seafood place that they go to some of the other time. If I wound up on holiday at Sea City, I would probably be like, we have to eat at the furry restaurant at these rooms because it's all the way staff are furries. Um, You know, like it would have to happen. And then if it turned out the burgers were fabulous, we might well go back there. But you know, (laughs) yeah, once for the novelty value, return if food is good. But I suppose that furries are Antifa, so we, we're kind of bound to support them. Yeah, no, that's fair. 
<laughs> okay, fine. We're going to go there. As we talked about before, I respect the lifestyle and their anti-fascist beliefs. <laughs> I'm just afraid of them for me reasons. No. Yeah, absolutely. We don't think that that meant you didn't support Antifa. It's okay. <laughs> I'm not a fascist. I'm just afraid of costumes. <laughs> Please don't cancel me. <laughs> oh, good times. Yeah, I'm just picturing now my nightmare meal has evolved. It's microwave bacon served <laughs> by someone in a mouse costume. <laughs> right, Karen, get on that. It's beginning to sound like performance art, guys. <laughs> Esther being really sad. <laughs> being served horrible food and terrible wine by me in a mouse costume. <laughs> Also, there's show tunes playing in the background. Oh, yes. I was going to say, yeah, this is served to you at the interval of a musical. <laughs> Next episode, I want to concoct a nightmare scenario for one of you guys. Do it now. Oh, my God. What's my nightmare scenario? <laughs> uh, you, you're moving house. Okay, yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> Let me think. You're not as animated by hatred of various stimuli as I am. So, like. <laughs> Mouths. Oh, yeah. Mouth. Oh, my God. It's that thing from the fancy restaurant review where um, the food was like a citrus <gasps> foam serving a plaster cast of a mouth. Oh, yeah. no. Oh, yeah. That thing that made Eva like <laughs> vomit. Oh, the face she's making right now is really good. I'm sorry, though. It's pretty funny. It's that thing. They're playing reggae in the restaurant. I've come around to reggae. I realised I shouldn't let my, like, stupid ex-boyfriend put me off a whole musical genre. <laughs> so I've listened to someone. It's not that bad. So I don't know. Uh, there's plenty of specific songs I hate that you could play in the background. Yeah. I'm going to have to meditate on this. And Yeah, we'll have to come back. We'll have to circle back around to our... More ways to antagonise you. <laughs> And Aoife, we've got to do Aoife as well. I was say, as a relative newcomer to this friendship with only 10 to 15 years of knowing you guys, I don't think you've got that much on me. Yeah, we don't know how to get under your skin. Ooh, I'm going to text Rick. <laughs> I mean, I know you longer than Rick does, but still. <laughs> I mean, I know we could say Rainbow Bridge, but just saying that to you over and over again seems <laughs> unnecessarily cruel, even by the standards of this nightmare scenario game. We could make her dance. Ooh, yes. I don't care anymore. I'm 39. <laughs> like, I, I, that, I do not care. I mean, really, what you would need to do is, like, give me homework. I, I will just cry. <laughs> I give me some, like, degree of responsibility that involves, like, executive function. <laughs> and a deadline. I could make you paint your kitchen. <laughs> don't make me paint my kitchen, Esther. Don't make me paint my kitchen. <gasps> We'll just give you advice, like un unsolicited advice <laughs> for like half an hour. <laughs> Almost solicited advice that is on the same topic as the thing that you want advice on, but isn't actually an answer to the question you've asked. Yeah. yeah. We'll just do that. No, you could do that. That would work. That would probably work. Or we'll get people who we know are not qualified, but think they are to contact <laughs> you with their advice. I'm going to be honest with you, right? What 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 would really wind me up the most? Uh, well, I will. It's just like confidently tell me I'm wrong when I know I'm right, <laughs> over and over and over. And then, like when I'm like red in the face, like listing out facts and showing you evidence, be like, yeah, well, that's that's just my opinion, though. <laughs> instead of admitting you're wrong I don't think you'd mind that that much 
I'm sorry. That's quite a face. <laughs> Such a good face. Sorry, I've just been really quiet but making great faces. This is not great for an audio medium, but hey. We should like video these just so that we can do like a little <laughs> montage of my faces. A yes. little gif of Aoife getting angrier and angrier. <laughs> oh, Aoife intensifies. <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, we'll just agree to never do any of those things to yeah, each other. It's fair. <laughs> to be fair, Esther's is still the funniest. Yeah, <laughs> mine is still the funniest, but also like microwave bacon as compared to like protracted psychological torture. <laughs> it's a kind of hilarious spectrum of different ways to upset a person. That's true. None of us want the microwave bacon. In fairness, <laughs> no, none of us do. But I think I, I think I win at being offended by microwave yes. bacon. Yes. yes. Yeah, that's fair. Oh my god. Okay, we have to talk about this book again. Where are we at? They're going to the ice cream place. <laughs> going to the ice cream place. <laughs> so much less fun than imaginary bacon torture. Um, there's a boy working at the ice cream place who's about 12, so I have some questions about the child labour laws in mm-hmm. whatever state Sea City is in. Yeah! It's in New Jersey, by the way. That's okay. the state. I have no okay. idea what New Jersey child labour laws were like in 1990, and I bothered looking it up. Hmm. God, Aoife, why do we even employ you on this podcast if you're not going to look these things up? I don't know. I think you can work and get paid here for like a limited number of hours up until the proper working age, but I, it, this kid is working a lot, like a lot of hours. There's the lower ceiling for that that you can't work. Yeah. 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 Well, it is about 12 or 13, so I guess it makes sense. But most places will not employ someone of that age. Yes. Like, okay, yes. let's head canon that it's his family's ice cream shop, so it's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, for a given value of fine. For a given yeah. value of fine. <laughs> it's probably fine for the time. It's it's the summer holidays. We won't, yeah, we won't dub them in. <laughs> also, he's so incompetent that I'm pretty sure he'd get fired if they hadn't given birth to him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's checking out either Mallory or Vanessa. Um, and Vanessa is checking him out. Um, or she's just having a poetry montage in her head. Um, well, she's doing that as well, obviously. Yes. Um, At all times. Then ice cream gets spilled on Claire Pike. Uh, Mallory and the cute guy, whose name is Chris, both reach for a roll of paper towels and they bump their heads and apologize in a sort of what Marianne describes as a Three Stooges-ish fashion. But like, I feel like the Three Stooges would have brought more like energy and pizzazz to this. <laughs> this yeah. is just awkwardness and a mild head injury. <laughs> then... The guy is putting whipped cream on a Sunday, and the whipped cream machine like explodes, and there's whipped cream everywhere and chaos. And M- Marianne is like really offended by this for some reason. Yeah. yeah, she's like, I just, I just have to get out of here. I can't be near the whipped cream explosion, which is not in any way related to me, <laughs> and has not got on me or anything. And she's like, I'd be like gawking, be like, yes. Ooh. <laughs> enjoying it i'd be like woohoo free shot sideshow like yeah i want to be in this place where comedy happens yeah like i thought it would just be ice cream but there's also hilarity that other people have to clean up Woo. exactly <laughs> like she's not responsible for this so she doesn't have to actually worry about it it's it's like yeah for some reason vanessa nearly cries um which is weird and still remains kind of baffling in light of everything else that happens later on. I don't know why, I don't know why Vanessa and Marianne are so shaken by this whipped cream thing. Maybe Vanessa like thought Chris was going to get into trouble. Maybe. 
Yeah, something bad is happening to Chris. <laughs> I still do not understand why Marianne like loses her shit and it ruins her afternoon and her ice cream like yeah she abandons her ice cream i was like that's just sad i know (laughs) she's like for some reason i had completely lost my taste for ice cream this makes zero sense like if if there was something that was genuinely upsetting taking place like like then the boss came out and smacked chris about the head for his incompetence or or like they got yelled at for causing the ice cream if if the kids had made the ice cream explosion that I can see trying to leave. Yes. <laughs> but no, it doesn't make sense. This is this is not related to them. It doesn't even look like Chris did it. It looks like the machine malfunctioned. Yeah. Like, because mm-hmm. the solution is to unplug it. I didn't say plug it out because nobody from other countries says that. I noticed. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah. I, it's just such a bizarre, especially for a kid. I can see like my dad on a grumpy day reacting like Marianne. But like my dad's been like spiritually akin to Victor Meldrew since he was about 32. So <laughs> I like, you know, he just likes being grumpy about things. It's it's his like one pleasure in life. So that and golf. Would you would you look at that? There's just a big pile of like of whipped cream. It's disgraceful. What are they like here? They're clowns here. Sure, they're no good at anything. And you just would be annoyed that there was incompetence happening near him. But like, why would a 13-year-old feel like that? Yeah, this is not Marianne's personality. Like, I could see her crying, but like, she seems like just (laughs) angry, like really angry and personally offended. It's very, very bizarre. It really is. Let's just assume she's premenstrual and move on. <laughs> I feel like we're using that excuse more and more <laughs> for the um, for the babysitters. I'm like, I mean, it, sure, it's true some of the time, but <laughs> it, maybe the the poor plotting is the problem. Here. Okay, let's blame the ghostwriter. Then that will seem better. <laughs> yes, maybe the ghostwriter is premenstrual. <laughs> there we go. Maybe the ghostwriter would have been irrationally angry about this. Maybe. I just doesn't understand that, like, that's not normal. Maybe that's it. (laughs) Then we get a very toned down Radowski chapter. Um, I was, I was bracing myself for, like, you know, some spectacular chaos and mess and Jackie Radowski being chaotic and, Mm. and bad things happening around him. He drops a cookie in a swimming pool by mistake. Oh, yeah. So this is Christy who's back in Stony Brook and is spending the whole day sitting for. Um, the Radowskis at the pool, three kids at the pool for a whole day. I am just tired thinking about that. I also, like, three kids at the pool for a single 13-year-old to look after? No. Even lifeguards and stuff. That is asking for a drowning. Yeah. Especially if one of them is Jackie Radowski. Yeah, that's And one lot. of them is quite small as Archie's well. Actually, only four. Yeah. Like, this is a terrible idea. He needs constant supervision. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And she lets Shay go diving. Like, what the hell? I mean, Shay is a much bigger kid, but yeah, I think there was a lot of diving when I was a kid, which I never did because I never got over the whole thing where water goes up your nose and it hurts like crazy and I just could not. Apparently, there are things you can do to stop that happening and I don't know what they are. <laughs> you, you make it sound like it's witchcraft. It is. Breathe out through your nose. It didn't work. <laughs> oh no, it always worked for me. I loved diving as a kid. Ah. I was I was only able to doggy paddle, 
but I could dive, not from diving boards because they didn't have them in any of the pools I went to, but I could dive from the side of the pool with barely rippling the water. Ooh. Ooh. And then just doggy paddle away. And then doggy paddle because I wasn't actually any good at swimming at that stage, yeah. But like I could dive way better than I could swim before I started swimming lessons. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, well, yeah, I never I never got to that point. But yeah, this is a this is a child protection nightmare. This is just yeah. a bad scene. But yeah, then Jackie Rodowski gets stung on the toe by a bee. But it's fine. Yeah, he didn't actually like bring that upon himself by poking a hive or anything. It just yeah. happened because he was out of doors and sometimes there are bees. There was just a bee. Then he tries to buy a bunch of candy and Christy makes him put the candy back. Like, that's not Jackie Radowski chaos. That's no. like, you want the laws of physics to be slightly tampered with. You want, like, dog food everywhere. You want multiple dust busters to be deployed. Yeah, like, you want some sort of domino effect on people's trays of food in the restaurant at the leisure centre. Exactly. You know. This is just commerce. He just did too much commerce. Like that's, <laughs> that's not walking disaster territory. Yeah. And even over the course of the full day, there are several incidents, but um, like you would expect even more yes. for it to be Jackie. Like generally they're babysitting him for a couple of hours in his own home and he, they still have to call the fire brigade. And like, yeah, stuff explodes. Oh yeah. Then we have another mild missing child incident where they freak out and think he's gone missing, but he's washing the chlorine out of his hair. So it's fine. Yeah. And again, this feels like it's set up for like a third dramatic, exciting missing child incident. Um, and it's really not. No. Um, I do think the bit at the start, sorry, which you briefly mentioned and then we derailed you, um, where he buys a cookie, um, brings it over to the pool to show it off and then drops it in the water is actually pretty classic. Jackie warm up yes. um, and also because it's disgusting and also also because an angry lifeguard not a sexy lifeguard just an angry one comes over with a net and scoops out the cookie and is like you're not supposed to be eating over here and like there's embarrassment and yeah. it yeah. was a yeah that that was the one really good Jackie incident I mean mm-hmm. the incident where like he they, she he's told to go buy a burger and fries and covers his tray in junk food and then doesn't have enough money for it that doesn't, that's not very Jackie, like. No. That's not an accident, that's messing. Yeah, that's like being bold. Jackie doesn't normally be bold. Yeah, yeah. he's not bold. <laughs> he's he's always trying his best and things just go wrong. This is not trying his best and things go wrong. This is just, I just bought a bunch of candy. This is, this is back, oh, Christy, I'm glad you're here. I don't have enough money for this. <laughs> and then, and then whines when Christy takes the candy away. Like, that's not very Jackie. No, Jackie's no. shtick is apologising. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. I dropped the cookie. Yeah, right. yeah that's Jackie. I'm, I'm trying my best, but like, physics has no meaning around me. I'm sorry. I'm a <laughs> chaos demon. It's fine. Uh, yeah, this is this is this is bad ghostwriting, Jackie. This yeah. is just like this is off-brand weird, Jackie. Yes. I was still physically relieved when Christy um like rounded them up and put them in the car to go home uh-huh. at like four p.m. <laughs> yes. Like. Oh my god, we can't even go for, like, we definitely have never been for a day at the beach or a day in the park, like, it, with with my kids. It's like, we're going to go for two hours and then we're going home. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to eat something and collapse on the couch. Like, like, a whole day is so long. Yeah, it's like 10 to 4. Oh my god. 
in the pool. So long. They're going to be desiccated. Yes. Angry. That's so long. And they're all redheads, so they'll all be sunburned as well. Oh yeah, that that doesn't happen. It's only Marianne that gets comedically sunburned. Yeah. (sighs) Back in Sea City, um, Marianne is writing more performatively boring postcards because (laughs) she doesn't want anyone back home to know what exciting things are going on in her life. Hmm. Um, they're getting ready to go to the beach. Uh, Stacy, in a fun callback to uh, book eight, is putting sunlight in her hair again to make it more blonde. And Marianne kind of rolls her eyes and is like, she's already blonde. Whatever. <laughs> How can you get blonder? <laughs> yes. <laughs> blonde. There, I mean, there are actually shades. There absolutely are. So it would be good to have an idea of how blonde Stacy is. Now, Dawn's hair has been specified at the start of this book as wheat coloured, which... <laughs> oh yeah, wheat. I know what colour wheat is. Do you know the book um, when the crayons went on strike? The day the crayons quit, yeah. The day the crayons quit, yeah. Um, there's The beige crayon is really angry because nobody uses beige for anything except turkey dinners and wheat! <laughs> yes. <laughs> and when was the last time you saw a child get excited about colouring wheat? And, like, Dawn's hair is Okay. <laughs> but then Stacy has to hide her shameful bottle of sunlight because boys turn up. <laughs> Specifically, Alex and Toby from last year. What a coincidence! They're, they're here at exactly the same time as the Pikes. Fancy that! They're both being mother's helpers this year. Um, and Marianne is extremely excited to see Alex. Um, he looks wonderful, we are told. Uh, he is tall with brown hair and a great smile. How could I have forgotten that smile? She felt incredibly happy at the prospect of seeing him every day. Um, she has forgotten Logan exists. <laughs> yep. Do you remember in the winter vacation where she was absolutely tied in knots over the possibility that he might be cheating on her with an imaginary girl in Aruba? Yes. <laughs> I feel like monogamy was a much more sort of solid concept in her mind <laughs> this, this is not me being like oh it's the be all and end all by the way I'm just saying this is I'm just trying to interpret the text she, she was real invested in monogamy when it was about Logan um, yeah. being away and now she's away and um, ethical polyamory is where it's at but she's not being that ethical about it so. <laughs> yeah she yeah. is being ethical. She just hasn't consulted Logan on how he feels about ethical polyamory, <laughs> which is totally the same thing, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know all about this stuff. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> oh, dear. Claire Pike is being weirdly mean to one of the kids that Alex and Toby are minding, but we're not going to go into that because it doesn't go anywhere. It's just a weird interlude. Yeah, it just happens and then it's forgotten about lost over... It's, yeah, it's like there was maybe going to be a thing about she's the youngest pike and she is jealous of a baby. That's what I assume it is, because the other kid is younger. Yeah, I assume that one was as well, but then they never do anything with it at all. So there we go. No, not at all. Then Marianne, like, mentally slut shames Stacy. Um, <laughs> yep. Because Stacy is very excited to see Toby. <laughs> And Marianne is like, yeah, but when we went on the winter vacation, you made out with Pierre all the time. And you had a crush with Scott a year ago. So, like, you're totally a hobag. And Toby was top of the list for the moment, but who knew if it would last? <laughs> like, also, you're 13. Like, three boys in in, in, in 12 months is fine. Yeah. 
That's that's not many boys. That is not too many boys. <laughs> I let that piece of catty internal monologue slide a little bit because Stacy was like way over the top about Scott, who had no interest in her. The thing about Pierre is not fair because like, yeah, Stacy had a holiday romance with another boy and now she's considering having a different holiday romance and that's legit. But like, no. Six months later, it's fine. Yeah, Yeah, that was months ago because it was winter and now they're at the beach. So that's (laughs) ages ago. So Marianne's like, God, you've had feelings for multiple boys in your life. So obviously your feelings for Toby are meaningless. Unlike my feelings for Alex... Uh. <laughs> my other non-boyfriend who was totally different to your non-boyfriend yeah, yeah. <laughs> and only one of them has a boyfriend at home in Stony Brook that they're currently forgetting about if this was phrased more like oh god let's not have Stacy be in LUV with another boy <laughs> again like I just yeah. I don't want to have to talk her down <laughs> yeah but that's not what this is no, that's not what this is. No, it's slut shaming. Then Marianne is is all in a tizzy about Alex. Uh, she thinks about how happy she is to see him. There's a million things she wants to say to him, but the beach isn't the time or the place. She thinks about the last night they spent together in Sea City uh, at the arcade. Yeah, when they, when they walked on the boardwalk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if he still had the ring she gave him, she wonders if he has a girlfriend back home pointedly does not wonder about her boyfriend back home and if he he had planned on seeing me when he was in sea city um she knows she'll see him at the beach but she's already hoping for more than that she is totally an luv Mm -hmm. yeah last year she had no boy experience at all and now she's like in practice (laughs) and she's gonna leap right into it with alex (laughs) yeah she's got a taste for blood now we're going to go on several dates (laughs) (laughs) yes Mallory um, briefly looks horrified at the revelation that Marianne is open to going on a date with Alex Um, and Marianne is like oh whatever (laughs) Mallory is just a silent observer for so much of this book (laughs) yeah does she even have any lines none barely she is basically regressed to a babysitting charge in this I have um, a little uh, dialogue here where um, Stacy is kind of joking around with Marianne about how, like, ooh, Alex was looking at you. Uh, if I were Logan, I'd be worried right now. Logan has nothing to worry about, I said stiffly. Mal raised her eyebrows. They have not paid Mal for any speaking lines in this episode, so she just has to stay quiet. Yes, she's an extra right now. She's a special yeah. extra. <laughs> um, Stacy considered what I'd said and then giggled. Do you mean what he doesn't know won't hurt him? Marianne is like, no. That is not what I mean, you slut. She didn't say that. Um, No, I mean, Logan doesn't have to worry because I will always be true to him. He's my boyfriend and always will be. I don't think this is what she said. I think this is her retconning it to herself. I mean, I think that is what she said. I just don't think she meant it. (laughs) I mean, that's so like, that's one read. But there are other points in the book where like, she's like, and then Stacey was so obnoxious to me. Oh, yeah. And I was so reasonable to her that I was like, (laughs) no, I'm sorry. (laughs) That's the bit that undermines my belief in everything else Marianne says. Not this this one so much. It's just that, like, her credibility is kind of shot for me. (laughs) Marianne's credibility is kind of shot for me anyway because of the way she constantly is like, oh, the sensitive one, oh, the loyal one, oh, the one is also considered of other people's feelings and then is, like, 
massively not so frequently. Yes. Yeah. Marianne has zero credibility with me anyway, more so than the others. The others are just far more (laughs) aware of their faults. Yeah, she's very like, I'm so nice, so I'm on the right side of every conflict here. Yeah, yeah, she's Elizabeth Wakefield. Yes. Or, well, I was going to say Michael Bluth. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm the nice one. I'm the reasonable one. (laughs) I'm exactly as conniving and flawed as all of you. Yeah. I just phrase it more politely. But I'm lying to myself about it. And it's it's a funny one because it's like um like what happens in Star Trek a lot where like the the really good intentions are really undermined by the patchy writing and mm-hmm. the just constant switching in and out of writing teams and people who don't know what happened in that previous episode in the same way that the fans do <laughs> like inconsistent characterization makes people look like massive hypocrites yeah <laughs> yes I mean in a lot of these books it's when you see Get the Marianne Perspective books, she's really bitchy, like mm-hmm. really selfish and really bitchy. Fat shamey. Yeah, and fat shamey yeah. and slut shamey and like really judgmental, really bitchy, very, very selfish, like in this book especially, very self-centered. And yet, no, she's the nice one. She's the sensitive one. She's the loyal one. She's the... And it's like, no, but she's, she really isn't, guys. Yeah, she just cries a lot. That's not the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's also like quite emotionally manipulative if it's not fully <laughs> genuine. Like, yeah. yeah. Yes, we have seen the inner soul of Marianne. <laughs> We're not impressed. Mm-hmm. I'm now side-eyeing the Pikes. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Um, the Pike parents again. Because they have said that Stacy and Marianne can get one evening off a week. But they have to take it separately so that the Pikes don't have to be left alone with their own kids any yep. single evening. And That's like, not okay. No, that is so cheeky. Uh, so Stacey and Marianne can't actually hang out together. They have to go off separately uh, so that the yeah. Pikes can go out every single night. This is not a like a staffing issue. This is not like... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, government says we need to have this many adults to, or like Slash supervisors queens. to children. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is just them being like, oh yeah, no, we didn't like that one time you both went out at the same time last holiday, so we don't want you to do that again. Yeah. <laughs> They're not getting paid that much. <laughs> you, a 13-year-old girl, have to go off out in this strange town in the evening on your own. Yes, so much safer to have them go out together. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, and like if they hadn't met boys at the beach, like... What would they do on their own on a night off? Yeah, just like roam the boardwalk waiting to get murdered. Like, they're probably not going to get murdered. But even so, the Pikes are like also responsible for these girls. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. they, they, should, they should be allowing them to like stick together. <laughs> yeah, I get that the Pikes have a lot of kids and that that's, you know, that the fact that that, that that they have these babysitters here means that they can actually have some semblance of a holiday. Hmm. But like... Give them one night, lads. You can do that six nights a week. Yeah, you know yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what you've been doing. That's going to be like twelve of your fourteen days. Yes, it's yeah. okay. This is this is such bullshit. These girls mm-hmm. need George the cat to give them a talk on like negotiating <laughs> better pay and conditions. Yep. <laughs> um, I I also think it's a um, it's a petty excuse for bickering between. Yes. Marianne and Stacy, which like is really contrived, annoying to read as well as being contrived. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. and really like just frustrating. 
mean, yeah, like they should be teaming up against uh, the oppressors, i.e., their employers. <laughs> yes. Yeah. This is this is shameless bullshit from the Pike parents. Like they need to just suck it up and mind their own kids one evening mm-hmm. and let the girls go have fun. Also, in an extremely contrived fashion, Marianne and Stacy have at no point had a conversation about which nights each of them is taking off. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Stacy announces she's going out first of all with Toby and has not consulted Marianne. And Marianne is like, but I wanted to go out with Alex. She actually has an agreement to go out with Alex, allegedly. Yeah. Um, and Stacey's just like, oh, you'll have to reschedule. Are you are you casting doubt on that? Do you think um, her agreement with Alex is fictitious? I, I genuinely do not believe all this scheduling stuff. Honest to God, this is the most like straight up the narrator is lying that I have felt about any of these books um, <laughs> because Marianne is so like, well, I controlled my temper mm-hmm. and Stacy is so unreasonable. Like we've seen Stacy be kind of a pain in the hole before. Mm-hmm. We certainly have. But the, just the, the continued, like, so Stacy takes this night off to go with Alex and like, or to go out with Toby and Marianne is like, um, okay, fine, I'll let her away with it, but I'm going out with Alex tomorrow night. And then Stacy takes the following night as well, and Marianna's like, I'm so reasonable, but I'm so <laughs> mad about this. Um and I just I just don't believe it. Um like I don't believe Stacy being this weaselly. Um I think this is Marianne just this is this is her version of events. <laughs> or it's also possible that Stacy was a lot politer about it. Yeah. Uh, and Marianne is like, and then Stacy just said, fuck you, I'm going out and there's nothing you can do to stop me, bitch. Yeah. Uh, and what what Stacy actually said was like, I'm really sorry, but like, would you mind? Would it be okay if I took a second night out? Or there was just a lot more fuzziness about the the dates that they were taking. Yeah, yeah like... I, I could see how in the hands of a competent writer you could have this happen plausibly where no one was being deliberately awful. Everyone was just sort of noses were mildly out of joint because they didn't mm-hmm. communicate properly and everyone was trying to be vaguely decent about it, but everyone was a bit bummed out by the whole situation. There is some passive aggression going on as opposed yeah. to just yeah. straight up Stacy sweetly says, oh, you'll have to reschedule your date irons the dress aggressively <laughs> yes exactly yep. also clearly the ghostwriter was told she had to throw in a bit of foreshadowing about the fact that stacy's diabetes has been acting up for the last 10 books yep but she really didn't care so she literally put in one <laughs> sentence where stacy looks a bit pale and marianne goes huh yeah and no more is said oh my god i'm just like <laughs> i'm feeling so anxious about this fictional girl's fictional diabetes <laughs> i know it's been acting up for so long <laughs> And it's going to keep acting up for another, like, nine books. I know. (laughs) Yeah, Stacey's, like, Stacey's emergency has been foreshadowed for longer than Stacey was fine at this point. Yeah. Her parents' marriage was not in danger for as long as this. (laughs) (laughs) That divorce only got, like, three books of foreshadowing. Really? It has to be the best set-up plot development in the entire series, surely. Like, there's so much groundwork being laid. (laughs) any series <laughs> I'm trying to think maybe Jeff Pike being unhappy and Jeff Pike Jeff Schaefer being unhappy even that was about 10 books but like Stacy's diabetes has been acting up it's going to have been acting up for like 20 books by the time it actually pays off yeah that's 
true. This is getting ridiculous. I also feel like it's something that should have, like, given that it's established that her parents are really hovery about this, they should know and intervene before. Like, I think people knew Jeff was unhappy, but they had various reasons for hoping it would stop and that he would get used to Stony Brook and settle down, um, which obviously didn't happen. But, like, someone should take... Stacy to get her bloods just checked. Your daughter has a serious case of foreshadowing and you need to take her to Dr. Johansson. Yeah, like, but this is exactly the sort of thing that, yeah, you would need to be on, on top of when your kid has a chronic illness. Yes. The, the thing that gets me is there's another Stacy book in between this and Stacy's Emergency. Yeah. Like, I wonder if the, the series was just, like, reorganised for some reason. Probably. I was like, oh God, it's going to be like five more books until she gets to the hospital. (laughs) You have to be a bit pale and tired for a bit longer, Stacey. Good luck with your pancreas, Stacey. (laughs) Just hang in there. Try and clench it or whatever. (laughs) Clench your pancreas. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah, that's not medical advice. (laughs) (laughs) We are not doctors. If you have diabetes, please go to a doctor. Do not try to clench your pancreas. <laughs> I'm a doctor, but I'm not that kind of doctor. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so the pikes are terrible. Yeah, the pikes are terrible. Stacey grits her pancreas, irons her dress, and goes on a date. Um, <laughs> Vanessa is... <laughs> Pancreases are all fine. <laughs> for now. <laughs> I have excellent pancreas tone. Thank you very much. <laughs> you clench it so much. Yes. I've been doing my pancreatic kegels for months. <laughs> oh my god. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> my next note is for Dawn. I have ages to get through first. Oh my god. Anyway, what, what happens next is... What happens next is Vanessa is writing love poems about the ice cream boy. Yes. Um, and Marianne is trying to be nice about it, uh, but clearly thinks the poems are terrible, which nobody has ever really come out and thought Vanessa's poems were terrible before, which does support that Marianne is, like, not very nice in this. I think Vanessa's poems have always been on very innocuous subjects and like suited to like a nine-year-old poet. Um, but when she's now dipping her toe into like love poetry, it's like, oh, oh no, oh no, dear. <laughs> yes, it's lovely. Please never show it to anybody, though. I mean, I'm not sure if if this is really because the poems are bad or just like the poems are kind of what you'd expect a nine-year-old to write. But like the notion of showing your poems to a dude who's barely ever spoken to you who you have a crush on is the cringiest thing in the world. I yes. think it oh, yeah. might be the cringe Marianne is reacting to rather than the quality of the poetry. Yeah, that's fair. But fortunately, Vanessa has some level of self-awareness, so she's going to leave them anonymously on the counter at the ice cream shop and be his secret admirer. Um, and Marianne is very relieved. Then she reflects First Alex and Toby, not to mention Logan and Pierre, and now this. Things were getting too complicated and the reason was obvious. There were just too many boys. It's still not that many boys. No, Marianne, it's that you're not very good at monogamy. Yeah. (laughs) Don't blame the boys for existing. Yeah. She's having a crisis of monogamy. (laughs) 
yes. That's it, exactly. I, I, f- I also feel like she's attributing greater weight to the significance of Pierre than Stacy has. Yes. I think Stacy has better perspective on Pierre, who they definitely exchanged at least one letter after the winter vacation, but we haven't heard about him since then. Yeah. Yes, that was many months ago, and she doesn't actually see Pierre because he's from some other place. So, yeah, Marianne is just, I think brought up the concept of Pierre in her mind to give herself something to judge Stacy for. Stacy and Pierre have moved on as far as like she she doesn't even have an update on the Pierre situation with Stacy. Yeah. As far as we can tell. Like <laughs> But she's decided that Stacy is disrespecting her non-existent vows to Pierre. <laughs> Meanwhile in California, Dawn is covered in baby oil and sunbathing and I'm very upset about that. Mm, that's a whole thing. Yep. I think in one of the other books one of the girls secretly puts on baby oil and it's all like, I know I'm not allowed to do this and I just had to check that my parents weren't watching because I'm not supposed to do this. So it's not like they didn't fucking know. Um, I think it might be Stacy actually who's like, um, son, do your stuff. She whispers. She doesn't want her mum to know that she's slathered yeah. in like carcinogens. <laughs> God. Um, so yeah, no, but Dawn is just like openly greased up like a bodybuilder. <laughs> Yeah, I'm now picturing her doing weights at the back. <laughs> that, that feels like a Dawn vibe to me. I mean, she eats a lot of protein, all that tofu and like nuts and stuff. She's getting yeah. those sick gains. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so she's becoming more introduced to her father's girlfriend, Carol, who she dislikes for an as ever unspecified reason. Yeah. Um, um, we've int- we've been introduced to Carol, but like actually, this was in an episode that hasn't. It's not occurred in this sequence yet. So that was in yes when we when we guested on Babysitters Book Club and we covered California yes. Girls. Carol mm-hmm. was there. Yes, I I keep forgetting that like we haven't really met Carol like in the main series yet. Yeah, that was quite confusing. So yeah, Dawn is feeling salty towards Carol, and Carol does something that's pretty problematic actually mm. in this very first episode. <laughs> Carol had agreed to mind her friend's kids, mm-hmm. which is like a toddler and a baby, and she said that she will babysit them. And then Dawn's dad is like, "Oh, but I got us surprise tickets to go to a concert. Dawn, you can babysit the kids instead." So. Just a brief corrective here. It's not a concert. It's that musical that you wanted to see at the Playhouse. The one that's sold out? Well, it's not completely sold out. Uh, Obviously, Starlight Express, guys. Obviously, Um, Starlight Express. Because that would be definitely sold out at the Playhouse. I don't know whether the Playhouse is like a really small theatre or a giant one. I have no idea. Um, But yeah, uh, I... I don't know. Carol has like has told her friends, "Oh, I'll babysit your kids," and then has taken them to her boyfriend's house and abandoned them there. Okay, yeah. yes. When you put it that way, that's terrible. <laughs> she she has the final responsibility for this. No, she does because in terms of like in terms of choices that are not good for Dawn, it was her dad who volunteered Dawn. In terms yes. of choices that were not good for the person who thought an adult would be minding their very small children, that's on Carol. Okay, you're absolutely right, yes. At Carol's home, probably, is what the the assumption was. Like, if I asked an adult friend of mine to mind my kids, I would be very specific about where that was going to take place. It wasn't just like, you can take them in your car and, like, I guess you can bring them back when you're done. (laughs) But you know what? 
we're not from California. Maybe that's just how things are done in California. You ditch your kids with your friend and they just vibe. We're not laid back. Someone will look after them, right? Oh yeah, also the baby has colic. Yes, the baby has fucking colic. Oh my God. I cannot believe they ditched Dawn with a baby with colic. That is a crime. Yeah. I bet Carol doesn't even have the number of the children's pediatrician. <laughs> <laughs> that animal. <laughs> but yeah, no, no, not a colicky baby. Oh I my know. god, that's a terrible thing to do to the baby. Everybody has has involved in this whole sequence, except for Dawn, who, yeah. to be honest, has stepped up to the plate here. Um, has like betrayed this baby. And Jeff, Jeff Schaefer is unexpectedly great. Yeah. Dawn and Jeff are the stars of this. The adults are all fuck-ups. The yeah. adults are all terrible. <laughs> They're like, oh yeah, I said I was going to babysit. I'll just offload these kids onto the nearest slightly older child that I see and go out to a fucking... Oh my God. Imagine if something had happened. Imagine if like just a, a babysitter's club level emergency had happened and Dawn had wound up having to call the emergency room. Yep. Yep. Take the kids in, in an ambulance Imagine the chain of adults that would have to be contacted to, like, oh oh track down God. the parents. Is it easier or harder to page someone at a musical than at a boys' basketball game? <laughs> like, could you imagine being these kids' parents and being like, why the fuck were they at a house in Anaheim being looked after <laughs> by a 13-year-old? I did not sign up for this. Like, I, Carol, I, I asked you to... Why are they... Yeah, like... Carol, we're not friends anymore. Yeah. You don't understand. It was Starlight Express, guys. <laughs> we had tickets. <laughs> Carol, please accept this plate of microwave bacon and get out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, like, Dawn is rightfully very salty about this. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but, and also, like, kudos to Jeff for, like, entertaining the older child in a very, like, um, <laughs> proactive manner and, like, just don't even remember whether it's a boy or a girl they just hang out together they have a good time and dawn like is handed a very large wad of cash unsurprisingly (laughs) by her father at the end of it um who like it probably should be coming from carol but never mind (laughs) um and uh she is then like huh i should give some of this money to jeff and she does Yes. She's very nice. Uh, A funny thought crossed her mind. Maybe someday Jeff would be a babysitter too. I like, like, that's not that funny a thought, guys. Mm -hmm. You you literally already have a boy babysitter in the club. Like, you you know this happens. He happens to be Marianne's boyfriend. I mean, it could be just like, he's a little three-year-old that I remember running around and jumping in the pond. (laughs) I guess. (laughs) Maybe he could be responsible. Also, when she offers him the money, he's in the kitchen eating an enormous sandwich of Swiss cheese and sprouts. (laughs) It's just like... What even are vegetarians? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Vegetarians, how the fuck do they work? <laughs> they eat like a normal sandwich, but they just replace the ham with sprouts, I guess. <laughs> sprouts. <laughs> are they Brussels? Are they alfalfa? Who knows? Or alfalfa or, yeah. Mm, yeah. A sandwich of, like, cheese and raw Brussels sprouts sounds disgusting. Mm. Oh, I like Brussels sprouts. Bean sprouts would be bad, too. A sandwich of cheese and bean spreads sounds really weird and I love bean spreads but like they're not a sandwich filling they're very wet yeah no, that's true all of those are good things separately but not together that would make the bread soggy it'd be gross yeah I don't they're know they're very wet like and they don't go with cheese and yeah none of these writers have ever met a vegetarian clearly <laughs> yep 
you could just have a cheese sandwich. Anyway, God, yeah. we're overthinking mm-hmm. the sandwich um, <laughs> because we don't want to think about Sea City again. Back in Sea City, <laughs> the least amount of drama ever is continuing to happen. Um, Marianne is getting ready to go on her date with Alex and she wants to borrow a dress off Stacy, but it turns out Stacy's decided to go on another date. Or this is Marianne's version of the story. <sighs> yes. <laughs> Marianne insists that she's going out anyway, so she goes out. So that went nowhere. Um, then she goes to a seafood restaurant with Alex and she's suddenly realizes she feels incredibly awkward um, because A, she has a boyfriend, but that's not really the issue. Uh, B, it's just socially awkward. Uh, she says cool things like, they sure have a lot of fish on the menu. <laughs> Berates herself for how pathetic this is because it is, in fact, a seafood restaurant. Um, then she wonders what does Stacy talk about on dates? Presumably being from New York because it's all Stacy talks about ever. Yeah. Mm. Uh, then she kind of wishes she was babysitting the pikes. <laughs> you know, it's gone badly at that point. The day is saved by the fact that Alex serves lobster. I- is that a normal thing that a child would order when out in a restaurant? Not my child. <laughs> but. Like, that does not seem like teen food. Well, maybe maybe he's had lobster before and likes it. You know, it could it could have happened. Isn't it like famously very expensive though? Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Even at this point in time I would say probably I do wonder if this is like a not even a flex necessarily, but like a I'm gonna order something sophisticated. Oh yeah. Or, or possibly I'm going to order something that you order at a seafood restaurant. Oh shit, this is going to cost all my like <laughs> yeah. pocket money for the next week. Like, <laughs> I'm ordering grown-up man food. And then the waitress puts a bib on him. <laughs> um, and this breaks the ice and they laugh a great deal and then they have a good time and mm-hmm. he but get, wins her a stuffed animal, which is apparently traditionally how men express their love. When they go out onto the boardwalk, not as part of the lobster eating experience. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah this is all lies like just the fact that you are able to win stuffed animals yeah that doesn't happen is like (laughs) all those games are designed to stop you from doing so (laughs) I mean yeah so she has a great time and then she feels vaguely guilty uh, because she had promised she would always be true to Logan um if you were 13, you were too young to refer to it as being true to someone. I'm sorry, that is unforgivably pretentious. I guess it, like, depends on the whole kind of concept of dating. Not the monogamy aspect, but calling it being true, like a Victorian, like... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, that's ridiculous. I mean, to be fair, it's... it's You shouldn't say it anyway if it's after 1890. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's it, like, just... Yes. It's, it's just, we don't say that. No. I, yeah, it sounds like... Hopelessly old-fashioned. No, I suppose... So she's... The problem is that she's having some guilt, some... But, like, kind of the parameters are not really properly set for what the situation she's in with Logan is. Well, it could be that, like, she... They have an assumption, but they've never actually talked about it, that they are exclusive. I guess. But she doesn't kind of know that. I mean, I think what Marianne should be doing is thinking... How did I feel when I thought he might be interested in a girl in Aruba? Yeah. Yeah, she was fucking frantic. She was hysterical. <laughs> so if it isn't cool if Logan would do that, why is it suddenly cool if I would do that? Yes. Is what Marianne should be thinking if it wasn't that she's yeah. fantastically fucking selfish. Yes. There's also like the added like, 
weird cultural disconnect for us as non-Americans yeah. in that like dating as distinct from going out with someone is yeah. not a thing. So like if you have a boyfriend and you go on a date with someone else, you have basically cheated on your boyfriend yeah. here. Like that's how that works. Basically, yeah. Dating around isn't a thing. Yeah. Like if you want to go to a seafood restaurant with someone, you better be like... <laughs> No, dear, it was a work trip. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like we yeah. have to discuss mother's helpering. <laughs> yeah, we don't. It's not a date. Yeah, if it's a date, yeah. mm-hmm. then you're cheating. Then you're cheating on your boyfriend, and you need to tell Stacy that she has to help you cover for this like crime <laughs> of monogamy that you're doing. Yeah, you, you can't just be like, I'm going on a date, but maybe it's actually fine. Like, that's yeah. not a thing here. So, like, this is extra baffling to us. Yeah, I mean, Or you clarify to yourself, this is a friend of mine who I am going on a friendly yeah. date. No, a friendly, out for a friendly meal in which we are going to discuss our lives and not have romance. It's a platonic hang. Yeah. And that's my story and I'm sticking to it. If she and Alex had had a conversation and been like, hmm, I think we should just be friends. Um, do you want to go out? Do you want to hang out tomorrow night? Sure. Then they could have gone to the fancy restaurant and he could have won her something at a fair and it still would have been fine. Yes. Mm-hmm. But she has explicitly framed this as a date. Yeah. So so by by Irish standards, that's just straightforward cheating and like mm-hmm. she has not got a leg to stand yep. on. Yep. yep. We, we don't date around if you did want to sort of um, sort of be kind of like vaguely romantically involved with multiple people but not have any kind of conversations about ethical non-monogamy. Basically, that just means that, like, at various, like, pubs or parties where drink is served, you kiss them a bit and you don't talk about what that means for your relationship. Yeah. that That's how you do that in Ireland. Yeah, what you would <laughs> do in Ireland is actually you'd go on a platonic hang with Alex and then be super surprised when you suddenly ended up making out at the end of the evening because it was definitely meant to be a platonic hang. That's it. Right up until it wasn't. That's the one. Then you have the Catholic guilt. That's also important. Um, whether you're Catholic or not. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's cultural guilt rather than religious guilt. Yes. I, I Can I also just say, though, that we're all old and married and yeah. I don't know how the kids do be dating these days and I'm pretty sure it's different. <laughs> so I think the, the kids are all just openly poly now. It's fine. Well, that's so nice. Oh my God. So much healthier than all this. <laughs> I know. Good for them. I made this up. I'm not basing this on literally anything, <laughs> but I just assume they're all happily poly now, so it's fine. I mean, we live in hope. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it would be kind of more okay for Marianne to be like, well, I guess I'm still playing the field, sort of, maybe, except that I, I, I mean, she, she she just so, she talks about Logan so much. Yeah. And that winter holiday where she got, like, separated from him and went off the rails and was horrible to everybody. Yeah. Um, and imagined like Carrie from Aruba as being this homewrecker. <laughs> yes, and they they like they fully openly identify as boyfriend and girlfriend. They are not like two kids who go on a lot of dates and are seeing where this goes. They are, he, he is the steady boyfriend. She's the first girl in the club to have a steady boyfriend. There's no ambiguity yeah. in their whole setup. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. That's the only way that the word steady is used, actually. Yeah. yeah. She's yeah, the like... first girl in the club. <laughs> exactly. He is fully her boyfriend. You know, I'm pretty sure that Bart also qualifies as a steady boyfriend, but like. Not in the author's note at the end of this. Yeah. And they. Okay. No, Christy and Bart are still on that sort of like, yeah, we like each other, but none of us are admitting, neither of us are admitting it out loud, so we're just friends. Stage. Yeah. 
Like mm. we're we're friends, but I just like looking at your face more than I like looking at my other friends' faces. <laughs> yeah. We'll go for a burger, but we're gonna pretend that we don't fancy each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if this was a Christian Bart thing and Christy suddenly had the hots for someone in Sea City, like that would be That makes so much more sense. Like That would be fine. Yes. Yeah. Except that Christy would be too sensible to get the hots for someone in Sea City. <laughs> Christy would be like going out to play softball with some dude and then be really shocked when he fancied her. Yeah. Mm. That's the only way she interacts with like <laughs> yes. men romantically. <laughs> there has to be a softball involved. <laughs> oh, I want the alternate version of this book where it's about Christy and she just is sensible. <laughs> <laughs> we can't have that. <laughs> the next day, uh, Marianne is taking the girls back into town again. Um, they go souvenir shopping. I love that uh, she buys the most tasteful souvenir possible for her dad and Sharon, i.e. the most boring. It's two handmade <laughs> mugs that say Sea City in extremely small letters at the bottom, um, which is a, a weird bit of mug design. And <laughs> it's like, they're the least souvenir souvenirs she can find. Handmade mugs are the the ones that come out only when all the other mugs are dirty. I'm just going yes. to yeah. say that. They're lumpy and they're sl- always slightly too thick to fit in your mouth comfortably. <laughs> like, mm. These mugs are going to gather dust on a high shelf. and that's They're funny. hangover mugs. <laughs> yes, yeah. that is the understanding. Um, yes, then they go to the trampoline place. Margot has her obligatory nausea episode, but she didn't show <laughs> up. Hey guys, remember how much fun the trampoline place was last year? No, because yeah. it was not mentioned in the previous book and I checked. There was no trampolining before. That's this was what a, I a trampoline retcon. Thank you for checking, because yes. it's really going weird. I don't remember the trampolines. <laughs> it feels like a thing you would remember, because that would be properly fun, except for Margot. And of course, it's not fun yeah. for Margot. Yeah, I think the author was just like, I'm tired of hearing about Margot being nauseous in vehicles. Um, and she's already been nauseous on a funfair ride. So, uh, trampolines. Let's just say they did a lot of off-screen trampolining last year. Yeah. And, and don't, don't think about it too much. Because you can't have a pike book without Margot having an episode of motion sickness. It's just it's her only personality trait. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I would love if like they just kept trying to escalate and one up each other and it had to be a new thing that made her sick every time. And by the end of it, it's like, Margot can't go on the space shuttle. She'll barf and guts up. Margot's not allowed pilot a Learjet. <laughs> Although actually being the pilot, like when you're in control of the yeah, motion, it doesn't affect then. you. So, yeah. <laughs> Margaret has to pilot the Learjet. <laughs> I called her Margaret. Sorry, Margot. <laughs> Margaret for formal occasions like when she's in the Air Force (laughs) Margaret are you ready to board yes sir salutes (laughs) silly billy goo goo (laughs) so they go to the ice cream place and Vanessa is she she has been leaving more poems on the counter for hot Chris (laughs) thankfully we haven't had to see her do this in uptime (laughs) Um, but hot Chris drops a bombshell um and asks Vanessa to tell Mallory he can take her out on Saturday night. <gasps> and it transpires that he thinks the poems are from Mallory uh, this whole time, and it's been a wacky romantic misunderstanding, TM. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, it, it's kind of unfortunate. Mallory is completely oblivious to this entire situation. She's really, like, a ghost in this book. Like, yeah. She she never finds out any of this. Yeah. Vanessa is very upset. 
and goes and takes a nap at 4.30 in the afternoon. The poor thing. Like, I feel for Vanessa, but also I feel like Mallory should have been brought into this because basically she gets her identity stolen. <laughs> <laughs> By accident. Yeah, I, It's more like her identity fell into Vanessa's bag and she didn't notice she had it. <laughs> you know that that's never true. <laughs> She she does an accidental Cyrano. I really yes. I really think the author did not want to write Mallory. Like No, the author clearly hates Mallory or has some kind of thing about her. <laughs> Mallory is a mole person. <laughs> I'm not into it. Mallory is a character from one of the early Discworld covers. <laughs> yes. That weird lumpy face thing they all had going on. Oh, those were hideous. I hated those covers so much. <laughs> They're so bad. They're very off putting. Yeah, I feel like she should have been informed of this at some point but Marianne is real like no we must not tell Mallory of the shame that has been perpetrated in the ice cream shop she's just got a like a fixation on the ice cream shop and nothing good happens in the ice cream parlor (laughs) it's cursed (laughs) yeah Mallory must never know that a cute boy has the hots for her (laughs) yeah yeah. she will be shunned (laughs) on the cute boy <laughs> I think I think it's the aim is like well you know if she liked him then that would really break Vanessa's heart yeah so the the sort of compromise is we'll just say nothing <laughs> yeah we'll just say nothing and then we don't have to pay Mallory for any more dialogue <laughs> yes yeah I think the one line she had in this was that she wants to get a tan to impress boys with <laughs> yes yeah, see she probably would have gone for Chris yeah, she's so left out. Oh my god! No, it's like a meta commentary on Mallory's whole deal. <laughs> I wonder, does Chris notice that she has pierced ears? <laughs> yeah, it'd be you could have a completely different novel from Mallory's perspective. Yes, <laughs> for once, I'm curious to know what's going on in her head. <laughs> Maybe she's just spying on everyone again. God, back in Stony Brook, Jesse is minding. Uh, Becca and Squirt. Mm-hmm. Gentle hijinks ensue. I really like this. It was inconsequential, but it was cute. Yeah, I did wonder if Aoife would have views on this because there is um, hamster husbandry involved. <laughs> I mean, yes, they weren't left in the cages together for very long and a two-year-old mm-hmm. did it. So, you know, it was fine. Yeah. That was like... I'm, I'm just wondering, are they going to have a lot more hamsters in? Yes some number of months. That is possible. This book is all about the failed foreshadowing, so no. So what happens is the Pikes have a hamster called Frodo, who is some relation of the Ramsay's hamster who's called Misty. Oh, they're they're from the same litter. Are they? Oh, right. Yeah. Okay, I wasn't sure. I knew they were from the same. Remember the the watching McCollums who had the, the accidental hamster babies? The Mancusis. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... While the pikes are away, they've passed their hamster over to Jessie to mind, which is perfectly sensible because she has the the, the um, zookeeping chops <laughs> as yes. established in a previous episode. Um, and Jessie is minding her younger siblings and they're watching a TV show that is not named because TV is bad and sinful but it's but definitely Sesame Street. Street. But it is 150% Sesame Street. There is no other show that could possibly be. I actually thought that I had read the word Sesame Street on the page and then I went back and read it again. And I'm like, no, it just describes it being Sesame Street. No, the, the, the subtext just manifested itself on your phone screen. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm kind of sad that like, 
the most iconic kids TV program possibly ever is like... <laughs> I think Sesame Street has actually been named checked in previous books. Yes. It so has. I don't know why it's not here because it's she goes into a into detail about what's actually happening in the yeah. show. Um, so maybe she just doesn't want to pay royalties or maybe something that's, yeah. to children's television workshop. <laughs> NPR money grubbing like always. Yeah. <laughs> Worse yeah. than Disney, those guys. Or PBS, sorry, not NPR. This is television. Not right. Oh my god. So yeah, they um they they the basic upshot of what's happening on the screen is that things are being grouped into categories. They're talking about the same and different. And Squirt's very into it. He's fascinated. Yeah. And then he goes in he goes off and Jesse's <laughs> Jesse makes sure to explain to us that that's fine. He's allowed in the kitchen by himself. She's not gonna follow him. Be grand. <laughs> <laughs> it's very squirt proofed. Yeah, totally, totally fine. Um, and then Becca finds out that Frodo is missing. Yes, drama ensues, and Becca is like, "Oh no, yes." And so they they search the whole house, and Jesse's like, "He's definitely in the house. He's not outside." Oh God, he's not outside. <laughs> not going to think about that. At least there isn't a snake loose in the house as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Ugh. And eventually they find that Frodo has been transferred to Misty's cage. So the two hamsters are in eating hamster pellets together and not doing either of the things that Eva predicted hamsters do when they're together. You know, they don't necessarily do it immediately, but you know, you don't you don't let them live together. It's good. No. It's a good thing there was just plenty of food and they just sort of started stuffing in their little hamster cheeks. Yeah. I mean, they might fight immediately. That feels like a thing that could kick off straight away if they didn't like each other. <laughs> yeah. Also, they're siblings. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't want to think about the hamster incest. Eh, hamsters. <laughs> yeah. Hamsters be hamstering. Yeah. <laughs> so they they put the, ca- the hamsters back in their separate cages and Jesse is like, now, Becca, <laughs> I know that what you, you meant well, but what you did was wrong. And Becca's like, I didn't put the fucking hamster in with the other fucking hamster. <laughs> Except that she's much politer than that. And Becca doesn't swear. <laughs> no, she wouldn't do that. So it turns out Squirt did it because he learned about matching from Sesame Street. He just triumphantly declares, same. Yes. <laughs> the thing I like best about this, actually, is that toddler Squirt is really mad when he finds that they've moved the yeah. hamsters into yes. separate cages. Like, no, I put them in there. Same, open it, put it back, put it back. You did all my careful matching work. And it's it's exactly what happens yes. <laughs> with, with toddlers. We're like... Yeah. <laughs> What do you mean I fucked something up? <laughs> That's how I wanted it. I fucked it up in a very precise and intentional way. Exactly. And I love, I love, um, Jessie's conclusion is, wow, she said softly, Squirt was obviously a genius. She could hardly wait to tell her parents that her baby brother was much smarter than anyone had guessed. <laughs> Bless. He meddled with the hamsters. We have to get him into a program. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, do cherish him, but don't, just stay away from those programs. <laughs> like, <laughs> He's not Janine, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, that's Also, true. the Ramsey parents are extremely sensible. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> you're like, that's adorable. Yeah, cool. We'll, we'll think about that. Yeah. I guess, like, there's a sort of rising action in that we have three incidents of small creatures going missing while in someone else's care. Mm. But actually, the third time it happens is, like, the least consequential, unless you're really worried about hamster pregnancy. And apparently, we don't have any additional, ham- like... Yeah. 
Oh my god, that would be the pike hamster having babies. Oh just god. there's just too many living creatures in one house. Too many pikes. Yeah. Too many pikes. Too many pikes. So yeah, it's less kind of rising action and more just how well the author keeps going back to like mm, <laughs> yeah. I need a chapter here. Let's have something go missing. <laughs> yeah. It's it's weirdly half-assed or no, it's half-assed in a weird way. Yeah, I was going to say it's not weirdly half-assed cuz this entire book is half-assed. It's a weird way to half-ass something. It is. I think we often have chapters where, like, you need a filler chapter that's babysitting, and often it's a pet misbehaving. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the Perkins's dog gets out and, like, <laughs> demolishes half the neighbourhood by running through it. That was fun. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was good. Um, I'm here for hamster hijinks. Guys, I may have found a, a line. I don't know if it's technically a line that Mal has. Oh. I think it's a word. <laughs> More accurately. Oh, poor Mallory. So Stacy and Mallory and Marianne are sitting on the porch swing um, at dusk, Marianne's favourite time of day, and a salty breeze was blowing off the ocean. It's not as salty as Mar- <laughs> Stacy is. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Stacy's being a bitch um, prior to this. She has like oh, yes. got genuinely really mad at Marianne for like getting a start on her packing and being organised and she accuses her of ironing her underwear in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah. I think that's an odd couple thing. I feel like ironing your underwear is an odd couple reference. Yeah. But maybe I'm just, yeah. Anyway, yeah, so she's she's being a pain. Um, and then no more is said about that because apparently they just don't discuss things. <laughs> um, and uh, then they're all sitting around on the porch. And um, I guess tonight is the time for goodbyes, I said quietly. Yeah, apropos of nothing, I'm sure, Marianne. <laughs> like, Toby already said goodbye last night, Stacy sniffled. She buried her face in her hands. Okay, yeah, so she got dumped. Um, and, uh, oh, Mal gets to say, Stacy, And also... <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> Poor Mal. Yeah. Poor Mallory, seriously. Um, but we also get a lot of Mal's eyes widened. So yeah, no, she's she's getting paid the bare minimum. She's not allowed to say two words together, just one at a time. That's it, yeah. They have to pay sag rates if she puts together a whole sentence with a verb. <laughs> yes, verbs cost extra. Uh so Toby has told Stacy it's over and she's really upset and they didn't have a fight. Um, she doesn't know what happened. He just said that these past two weeks have been great, but that it's over. He wants to go home and date other people. He doesn't want to be tied up with me. Gosh, said Mal breathily. All this means is that Toby is like, honest. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and has a whole normal sense of perspective on like 13-year-old relationships. 13-year-old holiday romances, what's more. Yeah. yeah. He's actually bothered to articulate what a holiday romance is instead yes. of leaving it you know yeah 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 alex is or toby sorry toby has nothing to apologize for here honestly no mm. um then marianne suggests that uh they could just date other people and still stay in touch with each other because if stacy and toby do that then it's totally okay for her to like date around behind logan's back so uh please do that stacy <laughs> and stacy she's all like Oh, you've got Logan. It must be so nice to have someone to count on. <laughs> oh, yes. I had been saying that, hadn't I? <laughs> so here's a line that really bugged me. Like, mm-hmm. I just was reading this and going, ugh. So Mal looked from Stacy to me with interest. She's just beginning to think that not all boys are jerks. So like, this is the, the underlying problem with this whole thing and with the series 
even more in general. So like the pikes are an extreme version, but like you go straight straight from being girl child and thinking that boys are jerks to being girl tween and having a romantic interest. Yeah. So there is no there is no friendship. There is no like there is no boys are people space. Yeah. Boys are your shitty brothers. <laughs> or I suppose your acceptable older brothers who have grown out of all this crap. Your Sams and Charlies. Yes, there's no there's just no friends here. Um and like No, there's no boys who are friends. And the 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 boys that you have to hang around with, either you're fully responsible for their behaviour or they're really crap or both. Um yeah. and then you like graduate into a slightly marginally less shitty bunch of boys that you're supposed to be like let's face it sexually interested in and they're yeah. gonna be so disappointing <laughs> like they're just the whole paradigm is just terrible <laughs> yeah yeah it, it really is there is absolutely no just interacting with each other as people uh yeah to- i i totally agree with you um it's like there there are multiple ways to relate to boys that don't just involve either hating them or like wanting to smooch them yeah. or having to mind them <laughs> or having to mind them yeah so stacy is very broken up and marianne thinks about logan and alex and how confused she is and maybe she's in love with alex and maybe she's in love with logan but you can't be in love with two boys at once can you <laughs> <laughs> polyamory just slightly raises its head and then just goes back in its box. Yeah. Also, like, has Marianne ever seen, like, a movie? Like, or... <laughs> only like, Stephen King movies. <laughs> only Stephen King movies. I bet even in Stephen King movies someone is in love with two people at once. Oh my god. <gasps> has she seen it? <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Has she read the book? <laughs> She's probably read the book. Oh no. No, okay. No, that's not a good model for this. Oh my oh, god, no. cut this whole no, section let's out. Move on. <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> don't read the book, you guys. If you haven't read it already and you don't know what we're talking about, <laughs> remain in that state of blissful ignorance. Marianna's <laughs> like, but what if I could have ten boyfriends? <laughs> <laughs> but yet they're also just my platonic friends. And a terrifying clown. <laughs> Sorry, okay, let's move on. Okay, we found an author who has a worse take on relations between the genders. <laughs> um, yeah, let's move on. They go on another bad seafood date, but uh, this time there isn't bib hilarity to save the day. They try to have banter, they fail. Marianne laughs hysterically in an attempt to seem engaging and interesting. <sighs> It's weird and awkward. They accidentally order gigantic sandwiches. It's a terrible mess. There's mayonnaise everywhere. The the sandwiches are really two people's worth of sandwich for each person. Oh, and the worst part is she's tried to introduce an element of fun randomness by saying, hey, let's not order fish at the seafood restaurant. (laughs) Um, And then there's only one thing on the menu that they can order and it's excessively large. Um, And so she has to... Oh, I hate this. Where you have to go through with the joke that you've instigated. (laughs) but it's a mistake. <laughs> yeah. And it would just be such a buzzkill to not do it. So you have to commit to it, even though everybody's miserable. Yes. <laughs> so that's the situation they're in. But like, it's a retread of the previous date as well. Yes. Where it's like, I know. It starts out bad and then something happens and it gets better. Only it doesn't even really get better at this point. Like, <laughs> it, 
the, the mishap does not lead to hilarity and catharsis this time. It's just like, there's just mayonnaise and awkwardness and unpleasantness. <laughs> and they have to eat a giant sandwich each. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but finally, Marianne, uh, they're talking about splitting the bill and Marianne lets slip that her boyfriend and her always take turns paying for things back in Stony Brook. Uh, and it turns out Alex also has a girlfriend. And they're like, whew. Whew. <laughs> Good thing we've both been cheating on someone else. Um, <laughs> cool. That makes the playing field so level. <laughs> yes. So then they decide that they'll just be friends after all now that they each know the other person has a partner. And I, th- this is an ethical nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm actually wondering, is part of it just, it's not even that they particularly wanted to cheat on their boyfriend and girlfriend with each other as that they thought that the other one expected them to be romantically interested in them. You see, do you know what? That would make perfect sense. Except that's not how Marianne's been. Yeah, the author didn't really quite Mm. spell that out. Like, I think the the entire book would make more sense if it was like, oh, I don't want to hurt Alex's feelings. I assume he's really into me and you know, everyone ships us, so I guess I'd better go along with this whole date thing. Yeah. That that would that would make it for a better read. It would, and Marianne would be less of a terrible person. Yes. I feel like that scene where they meet on the beach for the first time and she's like she it feels like a genuine representation of like her emotional state as being like so happy to see him again. Yeah. And she yeah. she just wants to hang around with him and have quasi romantic <laughs> experiences. Yeah. That are very, very low stakes at yes. this point in time so as well. Like yeah. they're gonna eat lobster together, maybe. <laughs> um just I yeah, I I feel like she has at least that level of feeling yeah. for him. Like in Yeah, no, it's fair. It's not just peer pressure. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that could actually make for a more interesting conflict if yeah. it was peer pressure or a you know a commentary on girls feeling they have to fit into specific roles and blah 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 and like yeah no it's not it's not (laughs) it's not that god like just wanting to express is like if she could express just wanting to have a holiday romance where you hang out with somebody and like you have a nice time together Mm -hmm. as opposed to having an intense thing and going steady and then having to write boring letters to each other for months afterwards in the pretense that you're still a couple. Yes. That's all you need. <laughs> Toby had it right, damn it. Yeah. Toby did have it right. Toby has a very healthy attitude. and <laughs> This was great. I'm not writing you postcards. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on. I might see you next summer or not, whatever. Let's go live our lives. Yeah. So... She comes in from her date and Mrs. Pike is like, ooh, tell me about the romance. And Marianne's like, no, there's no romance. I'm going to bed. (laughs) So she finds Vanessa writing a letter to Chris that will um, explain that they're going home so Mallory can't go on a date with him. Uh, But she doesn't actually tell him the truth. So she writes a note from Mallory basically saying, they can't go out, but uh, I'm into you. Yeah, I'm a I'm a bit perturbed by so Marianne um talks Vanessa through this whole thing and Vanessa's like, I'm going to end it in the most like abdicating of responsibility way as possible by uh writing basically do you know that episode of The Simpsons where Bart has been like catfishing his his teacher? Woodrow. 
Yes. And they're like, you cannot tell her this. It will destroy her. So like, write her a romantic Dear John letter and that'll be fine. Yes. That's what, that's what Vanessa does to this guy, Chris. <laughs> she tells him she's going to go vaccinate babies. <laughs> <laughs> and like... And whenever she hears the wind in the trees, it will whisper the name. Chris. Chris. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's what, um, that's what Vanessa has decided to do. She's not going to f- yeah. face up to the problem with any of the people actually involved in it, um, which she has created. She's going to not tell Mallory. She's going to not tell Chris. And she's just going to, like, zoom away from the whole thing. <laughs> and to be fair, because of the fortuitous timing of that Mallory would not have been able to go out with them anyway, it's not a lie. They are going home. She's going to totally get away with it. Yeah. It's going to be totally, totally fine forever unless it comes up again next year, which is next year Vanessa's problem. Um, but Marianne is like, God, this was such a good solution. Yeah. And like, like I'm just, just like clap, like Vanessa, well done. And I have to assume this is because Marianne then won't have to deal with it. <laughs> and that's why she's such a big fan. Yeah. Probably. Let's get to the end of this book. Yeah, we're nearly there. <laughs> yes, they're packing up to leave. They're finishing off the leftovers out of the fridge. Uh, we have some cold cuts, but nobody's having to eat bologna and oranges for breakfast. <laughs> Marianne takes Vanessa into town and... Stacy has, in the meantime, taken the uh, rest of the kids to the beach because she thinks she'll get a chance to finish off her tan. Yes. Um, she brought her watch to the beach and carefully turned over every half hour so her tan would be even. She reminded me of a barbecue chicken uh, rotating on a grill. <laughs> Which just makes me think of Homer Simpson in the oven rotating slowly, <laughs> cooking in his own <laughs> juices. <laughs> yeah. Very Simpsons heavy episode. Sorry. Uh, and in the meantime, Vanessa and uh, Mary Ann are going in <laughs> to try and avoid embarrassing themselves in the ice cream parlor this one time. So Vanessa has has got this down to a fine art. She waits until the other kid at the ice cream shop goes on break so that Chris will be really busy. So he'll be too distracted to notice them leaving poetry for him. So she leaves her goodbye note in while he's like wrestling with the whipped cream machine again. And that's all. Like it's all well and good um, because she's leaving and won't be bothering Chris anymore. But it is stalking behavior a, a little bit yeah it's not it's not good she she has spent too much time working out this guy's schedule i mean she is nine she is nine um but it's not a good indication of like her <laughs> focus on things the fact that she's decided to end it in a way that maintains everybody's dignity is probably a good sign, but like she shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> no. Basically, there are several conversations that should be had with her about this that aren't going to be. Yep, because Marianne has just been like, well, this seems in order. Yes, if Marianne was paying attention, I think she should be like maybe <laughs> providing some more guidance here. But Marianne can't deal with more than one boy at a time, so she is not. I think that. These books just have such a terrible. Um, they they have just embraced all of the all of the terrible, terrible things about tropes about dating and boys and girls mm-hmm. yeah. way too far. This book cannot see the water it's swimming in when it comes to no. that stuff. So no, yeah. none of this is ever going to be questioned. It's fine. Mm-hmm. This is how it goes in Stony Brook and also Sea City. <laughs> Forget it, baby. It's Sea City. <laughs> So yeah, she goes home, she's reunited with Tigger and Dawn. She tells Dawn there were too many boys. 
I still don't think it was that many boys. I think the problem was her. <laughs> yeah. It's not, the, the quantity was not the issue. The quantity is not the issue at all. It's Marianne's personality. Vanessa has left her a note about how they're besties now. And that's the end. Mm. Oh, yes. And then Anna Martin writes a note where she tells us that it's okay to not be ready for a steady relationship. And many kids feel more comfortable being friends instead of boyfriends or girlfriends like Marianne and Alex or Christy and Bart. Which is a worthy sentiment that you really ought to actually express in the book instead of at the author's note. Very much so. This is many years later, Anna Martin gone. Is that what I was trying to say? I think that's what I was trying to say. Sure. Also, Christy and Bart aren't so much portrayed as a friendship as a will there, won't they? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they both really obviously fancy each other. When's it going to happen? That's what Christy and Bart are. Totally. Only no. Now they're an example of platonic friendship. And yeah. Yeah. There, cool. there are no platonic male-female friendships in these books. No. Mm-hmm. Karen, weigh in on something for me. <laughs> <laughs> Is everyone terrible? The cis-hetero patriarchy is terrible, Esther. <laughs> yeah, but that's the case in every book that has ever been written. So that's, you can't just answer that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So no, that that really is the overarching theme of this book, if you're looking at it from an over-educated 2022 perspective. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's really confusing if you don't. <laughs> um, who's terrible in this? Um... Marianne is terrible in places. Stacy yeah. might be terrible or might not. You really can't tell from the, <laughs> the the narrative here. The boys in this are fine, actually. Yeah. The Pike boys are tradition are just their usual. The triplets are the triplets. They're irritating, but they're not at their worst. Um Jackie Radowski is irritating but not his worst. Um Chris does nothing wrong except be an overworked, exploited, like cog in the machinery of capitalism. <laughs> Mostly people are not terrible. I'm I'm Oh the Pike parents are terrible. Oh yeah, yeah. the Pike parents are terrible. Um also Dawn's dad and Carol are pretty irresponsible. Yeah. 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 But these are all real side notes. Um the so the people who are terribleist are probably like Marianne. I just yeah, I can't I can't with Marianne anymore. <laughs> Marianne, Car- Carol and Mr. Schaefer. Yeah. They're the worst. And the Pike parents. We should go through and like uh, record all the people that are terrible. <laughs> like, see who's the terriblest. Yes, I have to go back and listen to all these anyway. So oh yeah, I'll, I should do that. I'll give you like a pie chart. <laughs> yes. Did you say a pie chart or a pike chart? I heard a pie, a pie chart, chart but, yeah. but it could also be a pike chart. We know who the terriblest are in the pike household. Those, yeah, it's just always them. Um, yeah, quick like. Many outfits described in minimal detail. Yeah. Um, hmm. Highlights include Stacy looking very New York as usual in a pair of khaki safari pants topped with a jungle print blouse and a leather belt that must have cost two months allowance. That's not New York. That's George of the Jungle. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dawn has a vast collection of swimsuits. Uh, she's bringing <laughs> three bikinis and three tank suits and offers to lend Marianne a metallic string bikini. A green metallic string bikini of the type that always looks wet. Yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> At the time I was like, when you say string bikini, do you mean like a G-string? 
like, no, it's actually just the kind that have strings at the side, I presume. Let's assume it's that and it's not actually the butt is a string because, like, no. <laughs> yeah, these, these, these are children. Yeah. At no point in my life would have been comfortable wearing that and especially not at the age of 13. God, no. <laughs> Good God, no. I can't, Im- I can't decide which would have been more uncomfortable, wearing it at 13 or wearing it at 37. Like, <laughs> Neither would be good, but there, if there was ever a window when I would have been comfortable, it la- it was ten minutes long, <laughs> in about two thousand and four, and I didn't notice it happening. <laughs> yes, seems fair. There was no point in time at which I would have wanted to wear this. I think at the age of if if I was forced to wear a, a, a thong bikini at the age of thirty nine and at the age of thirteen. 13-year-old Aoife would have died. 39-year-old Aoife would have thought, eh, everyone has an arse. They're just going to have to cope. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's good. That's that's personal growth. <laughs> that's the perks of growing up, really. <laughs> yeah. I remember when we had that really heat, that mad heat wave. I went out for, uh, I can't remember, was it a run or a walk? It was probably a walk because it was hot, really, really hot. Um, and I was literally like, it's so hot. I'm going to wear... Um, shorts and bikini top it's just too hot um because I was like going out for a proper fast power walk um and I just suddenly the bikini top tied at the back and I just suddenly got in my head what if like there's like some mess or pulls the thing I didn't double knot it that was it so it's just in a single mm-hmm. point what if some fucking mess or pulls this and like my top comes off like what if that happens and like for 20 seconds, I was just filled with horror. And then I was like, I just swear to enough with my boobs out. Like, I just like, <laughs> be like, what the fuck did you do that for, you little shit? And like, my boobs could be out when I yelled that. And I don't think I'd care. Yeah. It would be okay. I would be real mad about it. But I don't think I'd waste time being embarrassed. I think it would reflect worse on him than on you. I mean, yeah, it would. Yeah, that's fair. I do love the crone voice that you put on. When you're thinking about giving out to some little shit. Yeah. Oh no, I thought I was harassing a maiden, but I got the crone instead. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh god, I have there's a curse on me now. Crone mode engaged. Yeah. <laughs> crone mode is the best. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, Dawn's mom has a pink jumpsuit, which huh. is the antithesis of any way I have ever pictured Dawn's mom before. Yeah. Hmm. But I guess it's just extremely 1990. Gosh, my mom had a pink jumpsuit in the 80s. Really? It was kind of linen. It's a very pale pink. It was actually kind of nice looking, thinking back. Hmm. Anyway, sorry, that just flashed into my head there because I was like, <laughs> why am I imagining a really specific pink jumpsuit? I think my mother oh. owned one. Awesome. That's amazing. Actually, a linen jumpsuit, I could kind of see Mrs. Schaefer in. Yeah. Like, it's. Yeah, that makes sense. It's possibly hand-woven. <laughs> um, and then when when souvenir shopping, Marianne spots a black t-shirt that Dawn would love. It has Sea City scrawled across it in bright pink letters that looked like they were written in lipstick. I think anyone who lived through the 80s can picture exactly what that t-shirt looks <laughs> exactly. like. Down to like the exact shade of pink and everything. Oh, yeah. You could wear that now. Yeah, you definitely. could. Definitely. 100%. <laughs> We we could put it in our merch shop. You could possibly have worn that at any time between then and now. That feels quite timeless. Yeah. Even the font is probably okay. Like <laughs> it's definitely it's definitely okay in a retro way now for sure. Yeah. And I I feel like random shit on a t shirt has never really gone out of fashion. So I think also the the fact that Sea City is a <laughs> deliberately generic fake name for a beachside town. Yes. Yeah. Um. 
sort of helps a bit because it can be like, woo, do you know, like the random pseudo-American crap that we put on t-shirts yeah. here sometimes? Yes, like high school sports team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Back when, I, back when I worked in Pennies, I had a pair of desperate American tourists run in and like search the place for souvenirs, clearly on their way to the airport. Uh, and they were like, do you not have any t-shirts that say Ireland on them? And I'm like, no, no, we don't sell that because this is genuinely for Irish people. And they do not want to wear t-shirts that say Ireland. We have a whole set of shops that sell those, but they're in town. And they're like, why would anyone want to wear a t-shirt that says Brooklyn on it? <laughs> I'm like, um... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, lady. <laughs> Can't help you here. You can probably get some souvenirs in the airport. It'll be okay. I, I hope they did. <laughs> oh my God. I think that just about covers it for this book. Uh, we were all disappointed and uh, underwhelmed. <laughs> Next episode, we will be talking about book number 35, Stacy and the Mystery of Stony Brook. Huh. I sincerely hope it's more exciting than this. Mm -hmm. I do like mysteries. I always like when there's a mystery, so... Don't get your hopes up, though. Yeah. I'm getting my hopes up. Oh, I need this. Okay. Let me get my hopes up. They're all I have. <laughs> this might be a semi-haunted house, so let's hope there's an actual ghost. Or at least a criminal, or at least the grave of Old Hickory. Come on, give us something. <laughs> we'll, take it, we'll take Old Hickory again. That'll be all right. Yes. <laughs> exactly. I'm always up for a bit of Old Hickory shenanigans. Yeah. In the meantime, hit us up on the social. That's a great face, Karen. <laughs> we're on Facebook and Instagram and Tumblr as the podcast at Dawn's House. And we're on Twitter as at Podcast Dawn. And you can drop us an email at the podcast at Dawn's House at gmail.com. Uh, rate and review us in your podcast app and tell all your friends about us because we love to get new listeners and we have no advertising budget because we spend all our money on Sea City merchandise. <laughs> I think that's everything. And. We said it before, we'll probably say it again. Separate the fucking hamsters, people. Speaking of uh, talking in your sleep, though, the best ever talking <laughs> in... Uh, their sleep incident I've come across was at some stage in the early to mid 90s when my younger brother sat bolt upright in his bed and said, Leonardo, Donatello, save me. <laughs> oh my God. That is the most 90s thing that has ever happened. It is extremely 90s, yes. <laughs>